0: Welcome to Savvy Sab's podcast on call-in. This is episode 43, Sean King exposed again. Sean King has come under fire once again for mishandling funds. This time, his nonprofit organization is being accused of taking funds for grassroots initiatives that did not occur. What are your thoughts? So, you guys were cracking me up in the chat because I was seeing some of the nicknames that you guys have for Sean King, so it was pretty funny. But um, I knew about the Talcum X, but you guys had some other ones in there which were pretty hilarious. Alright, so I do see we already have callers lined up, so let me go ahead and take Delthea. You are the first caller.
1: Just. hear me? I can hear you.
2: Cool. How you doing this evening? I am doing great. <laughs> I don't know why, y'all. You know, every time I hear Sean King, I can hear my mama's voice. Because she used to say this thing, and it was very wise. She would say, y'all need to quit picking on that boy. Because, <laughs> you know, he all right in his way. He just don't weigh much. <laughs> And that's how I feel about Sean King. He's all right in his way. He just don't weigh much. Now you keep. I I heard you asking why people keep giving him money. Because Sean King is not just a grifter. Sean King is a televangelist. And this new thing he's got where he's going to have to lay people off or bad things are going to happen if you don't give him money. He does this a lot. And it reminds me of Oral Roberts. There was a point, and some of y'all will remember this, there was a point Oral needed some money. And he told his parishioners that if he didn't get $7 million or however many million dollars it was, God was going to call him home. If he didn't get that money by the end of the month, God was going to call him home. That's the exact same grift that Sean King is doing right now. It's what he does every single time. And something else about Sean, I understand this. Now, when you read Sean, this is how I know he's he's a televangelist. When you read Sean, he says all the right things. He knows exactly what buttons to push. But then again, Satan always knows more scripture than the angels. So he does this, and he says this, and people continually hear what they want to hear, and then they say, oh my Lord, I must give him money. That's how he gets over. Real stuff. Because I used to read Sean all the time, and I would agree with him. I wouldn't give him any of my money, but I would agree with him. And I can see how he gets people to give him money that way. Now, what do you think, sir? What do you think, Savvy?
0: That makes sense, Delthea. I never thought about it like that, but I think you're right. I I think I could see him as operating like a televangelist. Like the example that was used, the guy gave on Twitter about him saying he needed money or else they were going to shut down. He was going to have to shut down his podcast.
3: Mm -hmm. Why Mm -hmm.
0: do you need to shut down your podcast? God, it don't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I when... that doesn't make any sense. Like, I have... I mean, yeah, I have... Uh, I use YouTube as a platform, but um, a lot of my interviews and my panel discussions are mm-hmm. also on, on uh, Spotify. That doesn't cost me anything.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, my father had the perfect... The perfect... Um, a solution for Brother Oral when he was going to die, he said, now what y'all need to do, instead of giving him money, y'all need to take out an insurance policy on Oral. Then when he died, when God calls him home, because we don't want to get in the way of God's will. Well, when he does that, you just, you know, cash in the insurance money, boom, you got your money. I'm sure there's something we could do similar for Sean. Right.
0: It's just, oh, and by the way, I don't know if people... If anyone on here follows him on Twitter, but every time he's called out for misusing funds, he will deactivate his Twitter account. And I checked it again today and his account was deactivated again. He it's does it right
1: every time.
2: Uh-huh. Of course, you don't want to get called out on it. Look, he's a, he, listen to him talk, read what he says and tell me he doesn't have the cadence of a Baptist minister. Tell me he doesn't. I look, I've been watching these people. I know him. I know his grift. I know him. Just tell him, okay, you want the money? Here's what you gotta get it and see if you do it. I guarantee you he won't. Just like all didn't die. And with that I will say good evening to you all.
0: Philadelphia, did you know that he used to be a part of TYP? Did I you did.
3: know
2: that? Mm hmm. I've been watching this boy for a long time. <laughs> and every time it comes up that he's taking money, I'm just like, Of course he is. I'll keep giving it to him. And I know why you're giving it to him. I'm not. Understand the grip. I understand why they're doing it. Because the man, he, he, oh, he's a sweet talker. He can talk you out of all your money, but you got, people have got to stop letting other people lead them this way and take their money, but you have to point out to them, that's what he's doing. You can't, I try not to be mad at the mark. I try to be mad at the con artist, and I'm and shown as a car artist, period. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, I just I feel like how many times does he has to be exposed for people to fully get it? I'm just like, guys, like if the IRS is telling you that they have no record of this, first of all, for people who are not aware, as a non as a nonprofit, first of all, you have to file as a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. You don't just become a nonprofit. There's paperwork for that. I mean, like so, Rome will tell you guys about that because he was uh, trying to file tour for the poor. As like a nonprofit, and rome will tell you like it's not a quick easy thing to do no like it it takes time and so it's like you have this non-profit organization mm-hmm. you're taking donations from people to produce basically produce for the the grassroots organization you had three different locations where this was supposed to be established and you didn't produce anything. It's been two years and you've done nothing and you can't just blame it on the pandemic because, okay, what did you do with the money? When
3: you're running a con, you can't leave a paper trail. <laughs> Don't y'all
2: get it? When you when you are running a con, you can't leave a paper trail. And that's what Sean does. Now, he's good. I My hat is off to him. And that he is good at what he does. But what he does ain't good.
0: No, and, and they've made a lot of money, like, I don't know if people realize, um, but especially in reference to Black Lives Matter, too, like, they made a lot of money off of this stuff, and what have they produced? Why Nothing. does Black Lives Matter, for example, have a $5 million house? That wasn't supposed to be a part of of the message, of the
2: movement? hmm well, what, what do you get when you, what, what do you get when you give Chris Dollar money? Hmm. What do you do? I mean, how the man put dollar in his name. Yep. What do you do? Well, y'all have a good night. I say what I had to say, but y'all think about it. And I'll talk to you later.
0: Thanks so much for calling in, Delphia. All right. uh, We have Karthik. You are the next caller.
3: Uh, I just can't believe
0: this. What's going on, Karthik? I can't believe this guy has been getting away with this for as long as he has.
4: Yeah, it's amazing. Sabrina, what's up? I just wanted to say hi. uh, Hi, uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Nice to see you there. Uh, I'm sure you're still alive. And um, I'm pretty jealous of uh, your last call, Delphia, because I wanted to bring up the TYT connection as your resident TYT hater. Um, but specifically about uh, Sean King, like to be honest, I don't. I'm not too familiar with him. Like I don't know much that much about him. Like I know he's had many, many criticisms over the years, and he's had many allegations of X, Y, Z. And like I think what, like he even said like when he was like kid like in high school or college, I think he. I'm not sure on this, but I think he said that. He's a victim of a hate crime or multiple hate crimes, so who knows maybe that's a lie as well and um I think like I think he says he's biracial, but then like I know for a while now people think he's white and he's lying about that, so does that mean like he's like a male uh like opposite or you know similar to uh racial dole as well?
0: I don't know that's that's a good question. I mean, some people have said like. You guys, um, those of you that saw the episode tonight, you guys saw that, uh, I played that video from when, um, Tamir Rice's mom called him a a, a white man and said that like, she did not authorize him to raise any kind of money for her. And yet he did. So what did he do with that money? And like, I, I don't know if, if Sean King is white or what, I don't know what Sean King is, but. I, and I'm not sure, like, where that came from, that rumor came from. So I, I actually don't have any type of, like, evidence to prove that. Um, but there, there's something really off about this guy. Like, yeah, you, you so. all this millions of dollars, Karthik, $6.7 million. Wow,
4: I didn't. And so this was supposed to be for COVID or Black Lives Matter? Who was it supposed to be for?
0: It was supposed to be for a grassroots nonprofit organization that he started that never got off the ground it like, was, what was the purpose of it it was supposed to be to basically combat against police violence like that kind of stuff like there were different initiatives attached to oh, it.
4: oh okay so like, like if yes. people get like like assaulted by the police it's supposed to pay like like er bills or hospital bills
0: i don't know about paying uh bills but they were basically supposed to make it so that these individuals would have like uh the police officers would have um accountability like they're supposed to have and actually go to a trial and so he tried to take credit for the fact that um uh George Floyd's um the police officer that killed George Floyd Derek Chauvin he tried to take credit for that and say well it was because of him his his organization really the reason why he was he was uh, brought to trial, and I, I disagree with that. I think it was because of the protests that happened across the country, actually across the world. And he basically had three locations. It was Boston, San Francisco, and—oh, um, shoot, I forgot the other one. Boston, San Francisco, oh, and Philadelphia. Monte Carlo. Um, I don't know about Monte Carlo, but—
4: That's where all, all the rich people are. It's like the point oh oh one percent of the world.
0: Oh, gotcha. Um, it was supposed to be set up in those three cities. And so the Daily Beast, and you have to take them with a grain of salt, because sometimes they're just ridiculous, but they really did their research on this. And this isn't the first time that we've seen Sean King being accused of taking money for these organizations that he have, and no product is produced. So the IRS doesn't even recognize the organization as a nonprofit. The IRS basically just saying, like, no, we don't have any filings of this. So what did he do with all that money?
4: That's a good question. Yeah, if he's not filed with the IRS, then that is very suspicious. I think it's so hard, to like, who to trust, like, you know, in, like, organizing spaces or, you know, politics in general. Because, like, I feel like as lefties, like, we're pretty good at spotting out all the scams on the right wing side. Because, you know, obviously, like, like, the, like the, uh, the televangelists are nothing but scammers. It's super obvious. And then we call, you know, call right wingers dumb or whatever. But yeah, I guess there are a lot of uh, scams and like, you know, f- uh, false prophets or whatever uh, that, uh, you know, are lefties as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, like he he had been called out a couple of years, um, the past couple years, actually. Every year there was a different scandal that he was connected to. And it was about his funds every year. So he'll do this thing where he gets called out and then he'll uh, make his Twitter profile inactive during that time when he's being called out. And then he'll come back a couple months later when he feels like nobody's really paying attention. But people continue. That's what I was telling Thea, People continue to still give him money. And it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, don't you guys realize this guy's a grifter? He's not producing anything. He's just taking your money. And he's he's making, like, millions of dollars.
4: Yeah, like, like what has he done to help people? Like, do you know of anything? Because I really don't know that much about Sean King, so I'm just like I'm generally curious
0: I, I don't I can't honestly Point to one thing that he's done That's actually helped people I honestly Don't oh, know okay. like he's He started these organizations that were supposed to do that but They haven't produced anything And he tried to use the excuse Of the pandemic but that's not the point You took millions of dollars From people where did that Money go why are you buying, like, a million-dollar house?
4: It's you for know, Jesus, it's... <laughs> Sabrina. Jesus saves.
0: <laughs> it's just – this is insane. This is crazy, and it's like – and the fact that he came from TYT, it just makes me question it all. I'm just like, what the – how you go from uh, – well,
5: I
4: actually remember what he said in, uh, like, one of his interviews with jenk if, uh, if you want to hear.
0: Sure, go ahead.
4: Um, so this was, he, like, I'm, uh, he did the, he did this interview saying, like, right after Bernie lost, and, you know, he dropped out in 2020, and, um, you know, and, and he thought that a better way that maybe one way Bernie could have won was that he should have done the Bloomberg strategy, where he, like, ignored all the early states and just focused on Super Tuesday, which I do not think, I don't know, maybe you like that, but I thought that was a bad idea.
0: But let me tell you why that doesn't. What he said don't make any sense. Bernie Sanders yeah, campaigned campaign across the entire country. Yeah. <laughs> he held rallies everywhere, Carthick. He held rallies in California,
5: in yeah. those Super
0: Tuesday states. He held rallies in Massachusetts, in my state. I went to his rally. I, so what Sean King said that doesn't even make any sense.
4: Yeah. Um. I. I. It's. I. I feel like. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Uh. But. Specifically about the Black Lives Matter house, the five million house in Los Angeles. I thought that house was meant to be like for like homeless people, uh, but I guess I'm wrong.
0: Bruh. <laughs> that's not what's been going around. Like it's like you don't need a five million dollar house. Like they've been making deals and stuff with Cadillac, with Nike. And really, they, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is part of Tamika Mallory. Now, Tamika Mallory, so that brings in another person into the equation. She's another one where people got upset as soon as we saw her doing Cadillac commercials. That's not you. Now you're profiting off of the Black Lives Matter movement. You're not supposed to profit off of it. Like you're supposed to actually get that message out and we're supposed to try to find ways to help people in those communities and to make sure that those officers are held accountable. Why are you doing a Cadillac commercial? So then you had Cadillac had jumped shit. on board,
6: Wow. Nike okay. jumped
0: on board for BLM. Like, so now you had the corporations and you had the Democrats, some Democrat politicians co-opt BLM. Now, some people, some activists I've spoken to, they told me that BLM was co-opted from the start.
4: Like from like two thousand and fourteen, or like what? 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 What's the start?
0: From from the very start, the first time I remember seeing, uh, BLM protests was after Mike Brown.
4: Uh, uh, okay, Mike I Brown think yeah, I think that's for me. Like, uh, or maybe it was Tamir Rice or uh, Laquan McDonald in Chicago. But yeah, it was around that time. But like co-opted in what way? Because it didn't seem like the corporations were supporting them until. Um, you know uh the uh, uh george floyd protests
0: yeah that's what i thought but some of the, some acts have told me that it was okay. actually co-opted from the beginning um i don't know about that but i i do
4: know okay. that because yeah, i remember in 2016 like hillary clinton like didn't want to speak them or she to them in private and bill clinton was like pretty much talking down to them like they were like some dumb people uh when he was campaign. It was it was it kinda came off as super racist. It was like, You guys don't know anything. I've been doing this for decades. You know, if you want progress, you gotta listen or whatever, you know. Incremental change one step at a time. <laughs> it, do you remember that uh speech that Bill Clinton gave and like the Black Lives Matter protesters interrupted him? I
0: do remember that. But you oh, know okay. what? Good. You know what? Like even with like and, you know I applaud like Colin Kaepernick. I really do. Um, for uh, taking a stand and basically risking his career, right? But at the same time, like when I saw Colin Kaepernick do that Nike's commercial, I'm like, okay, now Nike's going to try to co-op. you see what I mean?
4: Oh, uh, speaking of Nike, and you'll love this, uh, this last thing I'll say, but when that Nike commercial happened, I remember because I was watching 2IT back then, they loved that they saw it as a sign that oh nike has joined us you know they said that oh nope. uh, we have won over you know like the corporations know that we've won or something it was just really dumb
0: yeah i don't think they understand because like if you look at a company like nike it's like how you you're going to jump on board for black lives matter they jumped on board for it because at the time it was popular and they knew it was profitable so they can make a profit off of it but at the same time how are you going to jump on board for black lives matter fix your sweatshops
4: Yeah, they're, like, like, I remember hearing about the sweatshops when I was, like, in elementary school or, like, middle school. Yes, and, like,
0: that, that, like, never changed, Karthik. Like, how do they still have them?
4: Yeah, and think about all the sweatshops and Nike, like, because, like, Nike like, involved in pretty much, like, every sport. Like, because I'm a huge tennis fan, so they're big in tennis. And and all these, like, sponsored corporations, they always claim to be doing, like, a lot for philanthropy or, you know, whatever. And, And, like, obviously sports has a lot of connections with charities and stuff. And it's just, like, hypocritical bullshit. I agree. I agree. Yeah, thanks for talking. And I'm shocked that you guys, that you don't have more um, callers. You're so popular. Oh, and I just want to tell you that RBN has become my favorite channel on YouTube now.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Karthik. Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, there's other people live right now, too. Um. But thanks so much. I'm going to bring in bag cookies. I also want to tell you guys, too. Um, oh, shoot. I forgot. It was another thing that was that was co-opted. It'll come back to me. All right. Bag cookies. I'm going to bring you in. You're the next caller.
7: Hello, Sebby. Can you hear me? Hello. I can hear you. All right. Well, um, I'll try to make this quick. Uh, I just wanted to clue you in on some things that you might or might not know about the guy. Well, first, I want to say... Uh, what he did for that grassroots um, organization is straight embezzlement. He should be going to jail for that. There's no, he, it is the very definition of embezzlement is what he did. And uh, he should be going to jail, but good luck with that. Um, I wanted I wanted to share with you. I'll put it in the, the chat link. I don't know if you can access it or not. But uh, Sean King is actually part of a super PAC. Well, just a PAC. And uh what I'm linking in the chat is his uh you usually use the open secrets right you're well you're well familiar with that yeah uh, if you go through the years from twenty twenty one and beyond uh this is all his pack money and it when you go through it, there is a lot of money laundry going on in here when you start chain uh chaining down who these people are uh someone else I forgot who made the the report on this. But a lot of these uh, these uh, contributors are actually money laundering embezzlements that he's very closely tied to and uh, one little other thing I wanted to bring up is he's also part of the intercept. I don't understand why uh, Glenn Greenwald hasn't exposed them as the con man that he is you know he uh, Glenn Greenwald usually says he's a you know a very uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for someone you can trust in reporting and um you would think this this would be something he would call out like hey you know this guy's a a criminal um i just wanted to talk to you about what?
0: that. yes so i i didn't realize he was he was part of the intercept
7: yeah uh here i'll share the link of it
0: i'm i'm surprised um I don't know. Maybe Glenn might feel like he get he might get some some pushback if he did some. You know, it it
7: oh my god. There you go. I linked it if you want to check it out. I am more than positive that's him. It's it's him. But uh if you wanna check it out, that's him right there.
0: Wow. i well, have fun with that. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, this, this is just crazy. But you know what? Um, something that, that Nick Nick has talked about um, oftentimes in reference to some of these, like, activist movements, um, like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. Nick has explained this multiple times because he was at the Ferguson protests. He said the real, like, protesters, the real BLM activists were silenced. The real ones are are gone. Like, people were taken out of cars and never seen again. Like, so the people that you see on the commercials, like Tamika Mallory and Sean King, like, they're not the real
1: activists. They're the ones making money off of it. Just makes you think, "Uh uh-oh, I lost bad cookies. I don't know what happened. I don't know if bad cookies call dropped or what.
0: I didn't mean to lose bad cookies. Oh, here you are again. Oh, sorry, bad cookies. I don't know what happened.
7: Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know what happened either. I think the, the app just dropped Nick Call.
0: Yeah, it's just like like so Nick was telling us that like the real the real protesters that were at Ferguson, the real BLM protesters, he said those people, some of those people disappeared. Like they were taken from cars, never seen again.
7: That's scary as hell.
0: Not the people making money off of it. No, but Tamika it's... Mallory and all of them, like, why don't you see the government and the police pushing back on them? See what I mean?
7: Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with you, Savvy. That I, that makes perfect sense. I, I I don't know. I couldn't give you the answer.
0: This is um, crazy, man.
7: Yeah. Well, I just wanted to share that tidbit with you. And um uh, I uh, one last thing before I go. Um, isn't it strange that there's a direct correlation with any of those organizations linked to the DNC all happen to have money laundering issues? Isn't that strange?
0: Yes. Every <laughs> yep, thank you, thank you so much, yeah, guys. this is a, a known issue that we're we're noticing, and like I told you guys before, I'm suspect about any type of organization or movement that is attached to the Democratic Party or the republican party i'm I'm suspect because if you're an organization and you're supposed to be helping the people and you're supposed to be helping the needs of the community, why do you need to align yourself with the political party? I just I don't understand that and I don't think that works. Uh gonna bring in Scotty. Scotty's on the mic.
8: Good evening, Sappy.
1: Hello, how are you?
8: Alright. Um, this news isn't surprising. There's been news about like Sean King for the better part of a decade. Like I remember um my friends with uh, Samaria Rice on Facebook and She's been calling him out like for years uh cuz I think he had also tried to use uh the name of um uh Tamir Rice for, to fundraise off of and he got called out yep. because of that. Yep. And and really what this uh what this issue highlights is the um usually in these um instances of Police brutality protests, like when it when these protests get like really either like violent or you know, it becomes a uprising, all of a sudden you kinda see these like these groups pop up that uh like these activist groups like Black Lives Matter and even um who who else? Uh Philip Agnew, uh Dream Defenders. Like, these groups that are connected to the non-profit industrial complex, and they're the ones that usually get the, the TV time, as opposed to the people act, that actually live there on the ground. Like, I knew something was up um, when I was seeing people like uh, DeRay McKesson. I like to call him uh, Mr. Neoliberal Blue Vest, because you remember, like, he always wear these um blue vests in these interviews
3: with yeah,
8: <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know, Darren Seals, if you uh remember him, like Darren Seals was calling out Black Lives Matter and particularly D Ray, like word is like he slapped the shit out of D-Ray McKesson because <laughs> like he had been accusing them of coming in co-opting what goes on on the ground uh making money off their pain and the real activists will get silenced and unfortunately like and he's one of those people that, in ferguson that got mysteriously murdered like like and <laughs> this, as far as black lives matter like Black, yeah lives so
0: so, Scotty, you heard about that too that some of the real the real hardcore activists were never seen again,
8: or it, they were never seen again, not only never seen again, but you don't like the the media doesn't interview them like uh there's there's a couple of people I can tell you about that uh like well one of them used to do uh activist work but right? he's been ser- turned off by it his experience working with these organizations that he, he doesn't do it anymore. He owns a restaurant. uh, His name is Malik uh, Rasan, R-H-A-S-S-A-N. He actually was, uh, if you remember the Occupy Wall Street movement, he started like a a part of uh, Occupy called Occupy the Hood to like focus on like, uh, you know, POC communities so he could tell you stories about Occupy, he could tell you stories, uh, cause he had actually lived in Ferguson during that time because he had, like, worked with a lot of progressive organizations and basically his job was to, like, if the, or if, like, people needed money, uh, like, organizations needed money or, uh, Locals needed money. He'd be the one to facilitate that. At least from what he's uh, said over time. Like, and he can tell you stories about, like, just straight-up corruption and uh, especially from the Democratic Party and a lot of these groups. Like, he had called out uh, Black Lives Matter from the very beginning. And he was close to these people on the ground. And also, there's a woman named... uh, uh, Nayota Uhura, uh, she also is in Ferguson, like, she's a local activist there, um, I could send you the link to her website, um, but, um, yeah, like, they were, they were calling them out, like, directly, uh, because a lot, a lot of this stuff was, like, like, streamed on Facebook, and, <laughs> and, like, a lot of the, um, like there's usually the, this pattern that happens in these protests, right? Protests happens, uh, you know, the locals rise up. All of a sudden, there comes these groups that people never heard of at the time uh, in, in these communities, and they're the ones getting the FaceTime, And all of a sudden, like there's these promises getting made that uh, the Democrats will always say, "Well, we're gonna." D- uh, send that money to organizations uh, trying to make change. Not the actual people on the ground, but the organizations. And this happened during the George Floyd protest. Like, if you remember, uh, Van Jones' group got money uh, from the George F- Floyd protest, right? So, this whole, whole thing becomes like a, a racket. Like, they're making money off of black pain.
0: 100 percent and you brought up something about interviews that i didn't think about before but you're right the real activists usually are not interviewed especially on like cnn or msnbc like major like mainstream media cable news maybe or excuse me not cable news but local news maybe maybe but even with local news it's it's pushing it a bit but you're right the real hardcore activists are not given that platform. And i point to someone that I know, uh, Afini. You guys know Afini. Um, Obviously, like, she was a part of RBN, great activist. It was actually Chuck Modi was the one who found Afini out during all the protests. And he said to himself, like, why is this girl not on every major platform uh, with her speeches here. Why are they not interviewing this woman? And we we said the same thing. Like when, when she first came on RBN, we're just like, why the hell is this not being covered? Like, she's at almost every event that you can think of. And, like, they weren't even covering her. And it's because, again, the real activists are usually not interviewed. It's the ones that can actually, they feel they can market well because they feel, okay, they're going to be uh, civil enough for us to put it on mainstream media. And maybe we can make a profit off of it as well. And that's your Tamika Mallory. And that's your Sean King.
8: Hello? Hello, can I you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, you kind of you. Yeah, you went out, so I didn't hear the, the rest. Uh, you, you cut off from what you said Tamika Mallory.
0: Oh, I said that's your Tamika Mallory, and that's your Sean King.
8: Yeah, um, I was also going to say it can't be not just be them focusing on uh the people from the non-profit industrial complex. It could be something as small as... um, You remember the Freddie Gray protests? The, uh, <laughs> they had that one moment where the Baltimore mother, the Toya Graham, they made a hero out of this woman for beating her son up on <laughs> while the cameras are going off because she didn't want him to... <laughs> she didn't want him to get um, arrested, so she just beat him because he saw him about to throw rocks. Like, even that, like, is basically like to do proper, like,
1: or like a uh, uh, rebellion or anything. Like, well, even a
8: thing is a mom beating her child. <laughs> You hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you.
8: Okay, yeah. They'll even, they'll even do uh, stuff like that. And by the way, I sent you the uh, the link to the gentleman's name, Malik Rassan. He actually calls himself uh, Che Butter Jones. He he owns a restaurant out in Al- Atlanta. And so, he'll best be able to tell you about like his experience uh, dealing with activism. And like, in Occupy and, uh, in Ferguson, and so, like, he, there's a lot of information he has, uh, uh, that can best describe what's going on in a lot of these organizations, um, but, yeah, like, (laughs) the only thing I can say, like, uh, is, like, this is, this is unfortunately what's been going on, uh, this past decade, and I think after, um, when Occupy happened, I think uh I think uh, the establishment figured, okay, even if something like Occupy they didn't want to see again. So what can we do? We're gonna have to fight this off some way. Uh oh I'll get it. We'll create these organizations like Black Lives Matter uh that divert the attention away from uh, from like certain issues, because if you're a member, I don't know if you how you feel about this. Like, Black Lives Matter also like like made a conscious decision to go in uh, Ferguson and divide the the residents amongst uh like gender and sexuality. Like they did that. I heard. It's, yeah, like they like they literally tried to. Uh, tried to say that the residents were like, were silencing LGBT voices uh, in the black community in Ferguson. And when really it was about a black uh, young black man getting murdered by the state and they did that. And like, like I, like I was hearing about uh, those, uh, those 10 uh, black lives, uh, matter of uh, uh, the local chapters that left?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I think it's really interesting because I don't know, you look at someone like Cory Bush. Cory Bush came out of the Ferguson movement. Um, that's why she was so hardcore for defund the police. Because...
8: Also, I was say, Cory Bush. Uh, I think her family had a, a a career in politics in St. Louis. So I'm not saying that she wasn't like involved, but like she had already like I'm guessing. Also, she had a, a a career in politics before that. So maybe that's why you see what you get fr- uh, from her.
0: Go ahead. wait a minute wait a minute i i got i'm sorry Scotty we gotta back up you're you're saying that her family had a career in politics locally
8: uh, yeah They're, um i think her dad if i'm not mistaken I have to send you the uh the information but her like like her um her dad was involved in uh i think it was either her dad or her mom was involved in local politics before so like okay that's not but, good uh, that's yeah, not like,
0: good because like that's yeah. not how she was marketed and see but see this goes back to it this is another story but this goes back to the whole thing about justice democrats it was supposed to be people who came from the working class everyday average ordinary people technically they were all supposed to be like like apology and swear mm-hmm. That's what it was supposed to be. Then you come to find out that some of them like Iona Presley, like I knew because she I was in her district. I lived in her district at the time. So I knew she was a local politician. And that's why I was like, I thought Justice Democrats, they weren't supposed to have already held office. And things like that. And so that's when I started digging a little bit more. And that's that's how I found out that AOC story wasn't true, that she had already had a startup. She wasn't just a bartender, the story that they tried to to paint for people. But that was the story that she told uh, the comms committee at Justice Democrats to go with because she said it'll sound better. So if you think about it, if you look at people like Ilhan Omar, I'm not sure about Rashida Tlaib, but they weren't really what they were supposed to be in reference to that justice Democrats model. And if you look at all the people running through justice Democrats now is people who they're not working class. It's like so-and-so was a lawyer. Or so-and-so was, they're just basically the same. They have the same resume as your corporate politicians. And I think that's where justice Democrats went wrong, that part there. And when they decided to take billionaire money. Paula Jean Swearegen was basically the only legit real one. When you think back on it, and they didn't focus much on her in reference to uh, press, most of the press was focused on AOC.
8: Yeah, because AOC was more marketable. <laughs> AOC was more marketable, she was more telegenic, and um, they couldn't sell Paul, uh, people like Paula Jean Swearegen. Uh I'm not sure what's going on with uh, Amy Valela. I haven't heard from her for a while, but like, yeah, I got to give Paul the swears and props because she's the only one that came out of that whole, that whole thing and stayed true to herself. So, but yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, go on and have a good night. I'll send you more information about that. Um, by the way, I, I inboxed you um, Malik Rassan's information. I think you, you definitely might want to uh, interview him.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Scotty. All right. We're going to bring in uh, Ron. Well, and I'll tell you guys too. Yeah. That was something I did notice. Like there wasn't as much focus put on Paul we uh Amy Viela, She lost again. She ran again uh, this year and lost her race. Um, she's another one. She didn't come from the working class either. She was a CFO. That's a financial officer. So again, like they they weren't what they they painted them to be, and
1: that's that's problematic. I'm bringing in Ronwell. You are on the mic. Just have to hit the unmute button. Yeah, bad cookie said they make big bank. Yeah,
0: CFOs make good money. You guys. Um. Yeah, you just have to hit unmute, Ronwell. It should be low. Okay, I can hear you.
9: Uh, yeah, this is something just weird happened on my phone. So <laughs> this app is crazy. Yeah. So anyway, um, about the uh, right? Um, uh, something like that. I think it would be no surprise if um King just deactivated um his Twitter I mean, did you remember anything about that or something like? That? I don't know.
0: He deactivated it after this story broke.
9: Yeah, and and it's no surprise that he protected this, his uh account just to like like you know what I mean. Uh, like I remember, I remember like I think he did tell uh, people to vote for Biden, like Biden. Yeah. Like, yeah. So uh, so and I'm glad that the um um. My party called the Libertarian Party under the Mises Caucus, right? Um, will be, um, like, uh, I will, I will much rather take, um, Dave Smith as my, um, uh, as my candidate over Biden because Biden is like, it's, it's like the warmonger and I can take that. So.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know if you remember, but um, Sean King was also a part of Bernie Sanders 2020 campaign. I remember him speaking at the rally in New York. And in fact, I remember this so distinctively because that was the neighborhood I lived in when I lived in Brooklyn, right over there by the avenue. So he was right over there in Midwood in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, that's Brooklyn College. I lived right around the corner from there. So I remember that. So he was a part of Bernie Sanders campaign. And I'm seeing this more often, like some of these people that were part of Bernie's campaign just were not legit. But this guy making millions and millions of dollars and he hasn't produced any, he hasn't produced anything. It's just like, this is fraud. And if the IRS doesn't have any, like tracking of you being they don't have record of you being like a non-profit organization how is that even possible
9: yes and, and there there should there should be a, a third third party or something like that and, and, and i think like um Jesse Ventura should run for president like like biden i don't think he's He's going to make make it. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't vote for policies that are warmongering mongering stuff like Biden does. So,
0: yeah, I I, de- I do think we definitely need a third party. Jesse Ventura. I don't know. When I talked to him, he said if he runs, he would run through the forward party, and the forward party seems like it's all over the place to me.
9: Um, true. Um, that that's my cons. Sir, and, and, and because of it I'll take the Libertarian Party without a doubt. Uh, so I'm trying to become national delegate there so and nice talking to you Sabby or anybody hey. Joey's back on Twitter just so you know
0: Okay alright I, I I know I'm proud to hear that Yay, Joe is back for you guys don't know. Um Joe, he makes these these clips on Twitter. Jimmy Dore showed him a couple times on his show. He's really good at what he does and they uh, kicked him off of Twitter. He was mass reported, not surprised. Um there are groups that do that. Uh but he's back, so I'm I'm glad to hear that. Thank you so
1: much for calling in Ronwell. I'm going to bring in uh Schnarf. All right
10: what 's up savvy um there's there 's also another story that that uh that was in the news i don 't know if you know anything about it specifically, but there was another one. I think his name is uh Shalimar Bowers or something like that, and he 's been accused of uh, of of siphoning off close to ten million dollars out of b l m and he 's out of California. This is the article I just put it in the chat but in general, I think I think if you have an entity that deals with corporations and, and has become something so commercialized, there's a lot of money. So the grifters just, they pack in. But what I think is also interesting is I read an article that there was an inauguration party that uh, that Patrice Collars had for uh, Joe Biden when he was elected at her home. And what? I found that to be kind of ridiculous too. I mean, look, here, here's the problem. I think, I think with me saying these things, we read stuff and then there's reality, right? Like, so, so just because it, it makes the paper and someone says it doesn't make it automatically true. I think we have to look at it critically, but ultimately like you, yo, you think about it, like, okay, you have an organization and the organization has tons and tons of money pouring into it. And you have people who jump on the bandwagon. They have all their little consulting companies. They have all the little third parties that provide multiple different services. They're just siphoning off the money that people throw at the organization and they're not the only ones because the people on the top seem to be doing the same thing too. And this isn't anything new, right? Like this has been going on for a long time, especially in, in, in a a lot of organizations that focus on, on improving the condition of black folks going all the way back to Marcus Garvey, who also went to prison for, um, you know, unscrupulous kind of business things. Tax evasion, I think too. It's
0: just interesting too. It's like, how are they not? How are they not being held accountable, Schnarf? Because if you're taking millions of dollars from an organization, isn't that a crime?
10: I I I don't know. I don't know what's a crime in this country anymore. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know. Like I I feel like I feel like there's a double standard for certain people. And I think if you have enough money, you can get away with doing just about anything you really want. I hear that's, that. That's not, that's not literally really a good answer. And the other, thing, I have two. I have two more points I want to bring up really quick. The first one is there was an individual that I saw who who was whose profile on call in said that uh, Rick Ross bought his son a ten thousand dollars steak. Racism is over, and I what? thought that was the funniest shit. I, like I had like you know you know when you're drinking water and it comes out of your nose <laughs> that shit. <laughs>
1: What a ten yeah, thousand dollars steak!
10: Yes, a ten thousand dollars stake. Yes, that's insane. Rick, that's insane. Rick Ross, Rick Ross, the former correctional officer, named himself after after a drug dealer, bought his son a ten thousand dollars steak, which means systematic racism is over. And that that was just something goofy I saw. And the final thing is, I wanted to know what your opinion is on uh, uh, Jason Johnson of the Root, because I think. I think if there's grifters and and jackals and vultures, he he's high up there. I don't know if you agree which, with me.
0: Which Jason Johnson?
10: I know a couple. the the one the one that runs the route and the one that was on MSNBC.
0: Is that the one that called uh, Breonna Joy Gray and Nina Turner uh, misfit black girls?
10: Yes, the, the 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 they're from the island of the misfit black girls.
0: Yeah, I really do not like him.
10: Absolutely really so not. What do you What do you think of like Have you Have you ever read like the root and then asked yourself like Why is there absolutely no like slant in this that that deals with like the material conditions and of of black people and it, it seems like the it's it's more of like. I don't know how to explain it. the the identity, the identity politics, and the and the the ranting and raving, but never the substantive change that should take place. Because I've noticed that ever since I saw the root, I was always just kind of like, who the fuck writes this stuff?
0: Well, the root, from my opinion, from based on what I've seen, the root is still ingrained in neoliberal politics. It's still like, like they they'll talk about like like you said, like the identity issues. They'll talk about those things but they're not going to talk about capitalism. They're not going to talk about the class conditions that people have. They're not going to talk about the poverty issue. And
10: they're, that's and how they're I also realized... going to endorse Elizabeth Warren. And, 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 uh...
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's how I realized. I was like, at first, when I first started reading the root, I was like, yeah, they're, they need to talk about these issues. And then as time went by, I realized like they were never talking about, the issues the reasons why people are in those positions to begin with they didn't want to touch poverty. They didn't want to touch like capitalism or class or anything like that. It was just basically like a written a written version of BET. That's basically what it was. So it's like they still at the end of the day gonna tell you to vote for Joe Biden. You see what I mean like it's right. its just so people like Jason Johnson like. I just felt like like, the first time I listened to him, I'm just like, yeah, they must be paying you very well on this
10: network. So Jason Johnson, Patrice... Um, like these, these types of people seem to seem to coalesce around the similar politics. But what's interesting is Sean King is being accused of $6 million, right? But the other dude, um, that with the, with the, what I, what I put up, he's accused of 10 million. And I, and I feel like, I feel like if there's enough money in to, to, to be had, these people are going to continue their, their, their strategy. Question is, is like, will Sean King come back for round two? Or is this, the, is this the end of Martin Luther cream?
1: You know what? I hate to say it, uh,
0: Schnarf, but I think people will still continue to give him money. <laughs> this is the third year in a row he's been called out for doing this that that I've seen. And he'll disappear for a little bit. And then he'll come back and people just like, oh, yeah, we forgot about all that. and people say, And I'll be honest with you. I honestly don't think, and I hope everyone hears this, I don't think the majority of, of people donating money to him is is from Black people. I think the majority of people giving him money is from white people.
10: You, you know what? I have a, I have a friend, and she's, she's Peruvian. Swears up and down, loves Sean King. And you know I, I think i think there's a certain type of there's a certain type of personality like she's very big on like social media in in the sense that she likes very small um, bits of information that she can repost. She she stands behind it. That's her political activism. She feels good. She could take care of her kids. You know, she's 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 over and uh, over and done with when it comes to the political sense. She loves Sean King, and I think there's a lot of people like that, and and they they identify with these with these kind of um, performative individuals in in, in what we have. What I'm what I'm thinking is this: if that's the case. Then what is strategically the individual that 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 people should coalesce around? Because it seems like it seems like the only people that get any attention are the people that 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 do this kind of grifting.
0: Yep, it's it's the people that really aren't. Oh uh, no, how would my how do my how would my students say this? It's the people that aren't really about it. About it. <laughs> that's how my, that's, that's how my oh. students would say it it's not the people that are really be out there fighting in the streets. It's the ones that will give the impression like they're going to fight for you, but they're able to, to convince the masses that they're going to do something. But at the end of the day, they're taking backroom deals from corporations and from other people. It's those people. So it's like, like I said, a amazing activist. There was no reason why she shouldn't have been on CNN or MSNBC They don't have her on there because she's telling the truth.
10: And that doesn't, that doesn't mesh well with their advertisers. Nope. Yeah. That, that'll, that'll, that's just the case. So, I mean, at this, at this point, I'm, 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 I'm lost as to, as to where is the place where, where an individual turns to to, to get, to get some kind of clarity. It it seems like, it seems like the, the, the activists, most activists I think are, 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 have a hidden agenda. I think most, most of the people who are, who are are part of the commentator class, they have an agenda. So where, where does an individual turn to, to hear anything else other than regular, you know, junk at this point? I
0: think the best activists that the, I would say not just the best activists, but the the most trustworthy Authentic. activists are going to be the people that you can find out in the street, regardless if there is a large turnout for protests, regardless if they have like money thrown at an organization. It's the people that will go out, for example, uh, Misty, she was on recently. Uh, talking about the Assange protest that's coming up in October. Misty has gone to Assange protest that only had four people. It's those people. It's not the people that show up to only the massive ones. Like credit to all the activists that came out for the George Floyd protest. But I'm going to be honest with you. Some of them that were out there, and I, I that I known personally, some of them that were out there were only out there because it was a lot of other people doing it, and they thought it was a cool thing to do. You won't see the, some of those same people participating in protests where it's just like four or five people. You won't see it, and that that's how you can tell who's real and who's not. If if it's not a large crowd, they don't want to be a part of it. They're not really about it. So that that's important. That's that's key. And then second of all, I still think that these kind of movements need to be led by people who are directly affected. Not saying other people can't be a part of it, but it needs to be led by people who are directly affected and people who really don't have, they're not trying to get any type of financial gain. So when it comes to something like Black Lives Matter, I think the worst thing that happened was They allowed people like a Sean King, like a Tamika Mallory, like Cadillac, like Nike. They allowed them to come in and be a part of a movement and basically just make money off of it. Well, now your movement don't really mean anything anymore. It's not grassroots. You're making a profit off of it. It's the people that you see protesting when there are no cameras around. It's the people that you see marching down the street, yelling, holding up signs, when there isn't a large crowd. Those are the people that you really need to be following. And this is why even till this day, I don't belong to an activist organization because I've seen this thing happen before. You join these activist organizations and then some of the people only show up when it's gonna be a huge crowd. They take money into the organization. The money just goes, it's supposed to go towards the cause, but you see the people who are the leaders in the organization making all this money off of, and it's like, oh, but I thought you were actually helping people in the community. So you have to watch out for things like that. That's why I don't like joining, like, that's why you don't see me be a part, I'm not a part of a uh, political organization, and I've been asked to join them. I was asked to join Socialist Alternative and much love to uh, Shama Sawant and what she's doing and much love to Socialist Alternative. But I hadn't been down this road before. And I just, (laughs) I've been a part of these, I've joined all these groups and they say we just about helping the people. And the next thing I know, it's like we pushing you to to get these Democrat politicians. And there was always some type of push towards the two-party system attached to it in the end. And so I would much rather not be a part of it And look at what they're doing from the outside and applaud the work on the ground, then to join it and then to see, oh, man, what a huge disappointment. They're doing the same thing. So for me, when I do activism, I don't do it through a, a particular group. I just gather people that I already know and people that I trust and say, hey, guys, let's get together and do this. Misty does the same thing with the Assange protests. She's not a part of a a Assange, uh, excuse me, activist group per se. She just gathers people that she already know, people who really care about the cause, and those are the people that she invites to come out. So I'll be with them in D.C. uh, October eighth, actually, to come to that to the Assange protest there. But it is tough. You're right it's hard because some people just want to make money off of it. But like I said, pay attention to the people who show up only when they know it's going to be a large crowd and that there's going to be cameras around.
10: I agree with you. That's, that's the fashion statement crowd.
1: Yeah. yeah. The people's like, Oh, I want to be on the news.
10: I don't know if that, that that's a, on, on that depressing note. I'll, I'll let, I'll let somebody else take the mic. <laughs> Take care, mm-hmm.
3: sir.
0: Thanks,
1: you too. Okay, Saul, so you're on the mic. Just have to hit unmute. I'm sorry, I know the app's a little glitchy, you guys. Just got to hit the unmute button so it's down in the left hand
0: corner or i can invite you i'll invite you to be a speaker invite me oh wait i hear you now what's up girl hello
11: it's the soul construct hello uh, hey
0: I, I think this is my first time hearing
11: you yes yeah, sweetie um love you by the way i you cj rbn badass always uh i'm not good at public speaking because i have a very dirty mouth but I, 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 the way I see things is that, can you hear me? Sabs?
0: Yeah, I can hear you.
11: Oh, cool. You were quiet for a second there. <laughs> yeah, Well, how I see these things is uh, either like the evangelicals, political, all that stuff. Somebody at the top is always going to take the money. There's no way to, like the human nature is usually going to do that. When they see that fame coming up and they get all that spotlight. They they could take that money It doesn't matter who it is I mean I would love to like a Martin Luther King Fred Hampton or somebody like that Those people don't exist anymore Right now it's all glamour
0: So let, so let me ask you a question Saul Because this has come up recently There was an article that um, Indie News Network put out about Chris Malls and his activism And how they feel like he's kind of Going down that same road How do you feel about someone like Chris Malls?
11: Well, he started off really well. I mean, I loved him from the beginning. I was like, wow, this kid is going to go places. But as soon as I saw him in the White House, I was like, that's it. He's going to take that money. And not because he, like, he wanted to like, leave the movement that he started, but it's just so enticing. And the, like, I see things like psychologically, and I see people's psychology, just by watching the way they move, the way they behave, the way they react. So I saw that he was already in like leaning towards that. Like the same thing would happen like like the AOCs in the world and, and the people like um Star talk that guy uh Neil deGrasse Tyson. I love him. But like as soon as he started getting that glamour like he just like oh, I don't want to talk about real shit I and mean, we just stick to my bubble. Same things with politics is like it's just glamour. It's it's just a veil that they put it's a show that they put on basically. In and to me, to, for me to love you like you know, follow you, not not like praise you and make you an idol or anything like that, but I feel like if I'm gonna follow you, I mean, your 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 message has to hit. Your message has to be strong, and you have to be strong in character. Like the people that we lost, because those people that we lost, I, I, I'm looking for that guy, that that woman, that 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 whatever you identify yourself with. I want that power. I want that energy. I want that character in you because that is undeniable. You can't, you can't, you know, you can't deny Fred Hampton's a character. You can't deny Martin Luther King's character. Of course, they all had their issues. They all went through their own thing, but that character shined through all of that.
0: Yes, I agree. I I only listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson about science and that's it. I've learned when it comes to- Brian Cox
11: is also cool. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I've learned when it comes to other issues, I'm like, Neil, I can only listen to you about science. And that's pretty much it. Everything else.
5: <laughs>
11: yeah, he's to... he's out there. He's out there. He's a big nerd. I love him, though. He's part of, you know, he's come, he comes from my, my my district, you know, Brooklyn, Manhattan, stuff like that. So I went through his stuff. I, I seen him and, you know, actually met him once. But, you know, like I said, let's stick to the point. I think that these politicians, like the same thing with evangelicals and pastors. If you go to any kind of like religious thing, it becomes like a herd mentality. And they also like they get caught up in like, oh, I got to make more money. And the same thing with politics is like they don't have enough money. They never have enough money. As long as they they still keep taking from the poor and they still keep begging the poor. The same places that they came from, like they know the people are poor and they Mm -hmm. still come and beg for the money. They know what they're doing. I don't give them any pass I don't give him any kind of leniency because that thing is human nature. And I'm waiting for the next Fred Hampton, the next MLK, but I haven't seen one yet.
0: But see, this is the... And I feel like I've asked this question to... Okay, I've asked this question to Chris Hedges. I've asked this question to Cornell West. I've asked this question to... Um, uh, uh uh, the chairman. Yeah, I've asked this question to the chairman of the African People's Socialist Party. Right, right. And it, you know, the question of how do we have that same type of activist movement that we had during the civil rights movement? Where is that passion and drive from activists today? And like, how do we get that again? And I've gotten a different answer from every person I've I've asked that question to, but. It seems like to me, it was
11: a different in the time period. At that time, people were... You hit it on the head. You hit it on the head. I was going to say, yeah, the landscape has all changed, man. It's all changed, man. I mean, like we don't get, we we still get like abuse on black and brown people and everything. And a lot of, of our leaders get taken down, but it's not like it used to be. Before you had a voice and you had a movement and you had people actually standing next to you you saw it you saw the power and, and the and the intent in these people's words now it's like you hear the words but they fall flat because then you see them taking money like let's say the what's the guy's name the P- people's party what's the name
3: oh like, Nick
11: it, yeah like it hurt me like it's like dude like this kid like it was getting up there and it happens to all of us man we get caught up in our own thing and we think like, okay, now we're getting this money. Now we're getting this popularity. The movement is going good. Let me do my little thing on the side. Maybe nobody will notice. And that's the thing that keeps happening.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I mean, like, sometimes I wonder, like, am I the only person that doesn't like having a lot of stuff? Because I really don't like having a lot. I don't like having a lot of clothes. I don't like having a lot of, like, if you walk into my house, it's like, we have the, the necessities. We have what we need. But I mean, it's like, I see people say like, oh, I want to put uh, a movie theater in my house. And then I'm like, no, nah, nah, then I either. wouldn't want to go to the movie theater. Like, what? The, nah, why do you need all the stuff? Like, I, I don't know. I just don't like clutter. Maybe that's a big part of it.
11: But yeah, I love I love Zen. Zen kind of like design in the house, like everything you need, but not cluttered, like clean cut, like right. straight lines. I love that. I mean, in everything I do, like I'm a graphic designer, as you can tell, like, you know, my bio basically. And I'm also a communist. Hello, it goes my comrades out there. Not communist in the terms that people are explaining it and not this MAGA bullshit that people are bringing up now. Sorry to (laughs) the other people that want to play with the labels. I don't play with labels. I play with your personality and how you come through to me, because if it doesn't resonate with me, I'm pretty sure it's not resonating with anybody else
0: yeah no I, I i totally hear you um yeah it's funny like jackson hinkle knows i don't agree with this whole mega communism thing i'm just like nah dude they gonna move you this was gonna happen you either gonna have to move to the right
11: with them i think he just or- went with the haas thing i think i don't know I, I mean i haven't even heard of that dude haas but just his name tells me like bullshit <laughs> sorry to laugh but the Jackson, I mean, I'm tired of hearing Jackson Hinkle because he's a polished, silver-tongue kind of person, and it works. It works for him. He's, he's, that, he's that guy that when you see him speak, you're like, oh, he's smart because he doesn't stutter. Everything is clean, polished. But when you really get to the root of what he's saying, like, oh, my God, this guy is like, he's just trying to shift something somewhere, and we don't even know where he's trying to shift it to.
0: Oh, <laughs> All right, Saul. So, well, thanks so much. I'm gonna go to uh, Karthik in the chat, but thank you so much for calling in.
11: Much love, Savvy. Thanks that this worked.
0: <laughs> All right, love. Karthik, you are now on the mic.
4: Hey, I'll keep it quick. I already talked. Well, for Jackson Ingle, I'm just hoping that he's like really young, you know. So I hope he changes for the better. Um, but for the uh, more important stuff, like like where are Fred Hamptons or Malcolm X? Or um, you know, <clears throat> MLK. Um, I forgot what interview it was, but Chris had just said like for his theory on that, like maybe it's because like you know we have like so much social media and like streaming services just like numbing us, you know, like Netflix and Disney Plus. But maybe more importantly, like he thinks that like 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 the potential MLKs um are either like in jail, you know, for like twenty thirty to life, or you know they've been like killed by the FBI or you know. Cops or whoever. Well what do you think of that?
0: You talking about um M O K?
4: Well no, it's just because I forgot who said it. like maybe it was Schnarf, but like or maybe it was somebody else, but like because we're talking about like how there's not like those we 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 don't have like people like those type of leaders anymore in present day.
0: I think part of the problem is that during that time, I feel like people did not have as much faith and hope in electoral politics. They had more faith and hope in the people in their community and getting groups together in their community and fighting for change on the outside. After MLK and after Fred Hampton and Malcolm X, there was a shift towards neoliberalism. This starts with Ronald Reagan, I believe. Actually, it could have been Jimmy Carter. I I have to go back and check, but... No, I think it was Ronald Reagan. There there was a, a shift towards neoliberalism where uh, the African-American community in, in particular was convinced that the way that you could get change is through electoral politics. And we didn't have those leaders anymore to tell them, no, this is not going to work. This is just a game. They're just trying to play you. Those leaders were gone. So since there was no one else left to lead, and some people could argue like, well, Jesse Jackson, but... I've heard stories about Jesse Jackson being a sellout as well. I've heard some stories about Jesse Jackson from other activists during that time that led me to believe that Jesse Jackson was did not have uh, MLK's best interests at hand. But that's a whole another story. But you didn't really have a leader anymore. Uh, So and then you have like the Al Sharptons, but he just wanted to make money, and so there was no one leading it. So when you see someone on TV like a Ronald Reagan that says we're going to create this economic system where you're going to it's going to be trickle down economics all the wealth is going to trickle down uh to those of you at the bottom you know without those revolutionary leaders in place it becomes a lot easier to believe that and there was no one to tell you this is not going to work and one of the things that I really want to do is I want to if I have the opportunity, I would like to talk to some of the civil rights activists that were from that time. And some of them are still alive today. And ask them. Why, why, why did this fall apart? Like, why did you guys just just choose to say, OK, well, we we were able to get like integrated schools. Uh, MLK's dream came true, which I would argue that it didn't really completely come true because he had economic uh, wishes that he wanted to pursue as well. He wanted a UBI. He wanted reparations. He was starting to unionize the workers. This was the second part of MLK's dream that never happened. A lot of times people don't talk about that part. They just talk about him uniting people across the races. Oh, yeah. Kumbaya stuff. Right. Just the kumbaya stuff, what we were taught in school. And so I want to ask them, like, why did you guys just fold? And and we've talked about this before on RBN. A lot of times we feel like a lot of Black boomers, it was like they got their houses and then they just moved on. like Like, everything was fine. And like, not thinking about the fact that it's not okay for you to get the minimum. Like, you should still push and strive for the best. And who knows what would have happened if those leaders would still be alive today. I don't think the Black community would be as focused on the Democratic Party or or either political party. I think the Black community would have been more focused on movements on the outside.
4: Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, there does seem to be like way too much focus on elections. Like, I feel like for even many lefties, like, if you're not focusing like most of your time on elections, then you're considered like, 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 not a serious person. Like, before, I felt like elections were like 90% of importance, you know? Um, but uh, uh, last thing, uh, you know what? Yeah, But it just thanks for talking to me.
0: Thanks so much, Karthik. All
1: right, I'm going to go to Scotty. You're on the mic. Just have to hit unmute.
8: Okay, I'm back. Uh, I'm going to make this quick. I did find a uh, member, um, Corey Bush's father's name. His name is Errol Bush. E R R O L Errol Bush. And he was an alderman and a mayor of Northwoods, uh, which is a part of the St. Louis area, but he was a local politician there. So her family had already had, uh, local political ties, um, uh, so, there's that. Um, also, I s- did send you the info for uh, Nayoto uh, Ahura, who's uh, based out in Ferguson. So, I sent you her, her Facebook link. Uh, so, if you wanted to talk to her. By the way, also, um, I think she does watch uh, some RBN videos because she was commenting uh, uh, on her page on uh, one of the videos you guys did. So, that's a good thing. So if you ever want to interview her, you know she'll uh, tell you some interesting stuff. And by uh, also, um, I don't know if you covered uh, Letitia James's uh, speech uh, against Trump. Uh, I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know this, but apparently she's actually losing in the against her Republican opponent yes yeah so this is probably yeah. her trying to establish her uh her base uh, so this is probably out of desperation which it's not surprising a lot of the the uh liberal democrats lost their minds during the age of trump so but yeah this she lied in so that
0: far. she lied in that speech too scotty she lied in that speech when she mentioned the banks and I had to call her out on that tonight. I was just like, uh, no, because the United States government did not hold the banks accountable when they stole people's homes in 08.
8: Yeah, if you've been looking who she's went after, like Trump, the NRA, like, it's just like your typical uh, Democratic Party opponent. Like, it's like this, like, a th- I think she's just basically used her office to raise her own profile to run as governor of New York or also maybe a presidential run. So, yeah.
1: She, yeah. Mm-mm. But, mm-mm. All
3: right.
0: My thing is, I, I'm not shaming her for going after Trump, but my thing is, why aren't, okay, you going after Donald Trump, like, why aren't we going after Jeff Bezos? Why are we going after all these other you know, millionaires who were guilty of doing some of the same things. So come on. All right. Bringing in Lance,
1: you are the next caller. Just have to unmute. Lance is a ladybug.
5: Hi, Savvy. Can you hear me?
1: Hey, I can hear you.
5: Wonderful. My app is even glitchier than usual. I think I'm doing something that they're, they're, they're like messing with me yeah, here. It's, it's, it's a conspiracy. No, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, yeah, the whole, I, to, to go to what you were just talking about. I've been thinking about this for a while, right? About what happened to the civil rights movements and all that. And one thing is, I did a magazine back in, like, the 80s, early 82, and I was pretty much an atheist or agnostic then, but I was going to put a section in there in future uh, issues if I had continued it involving the religious community, because, you know, being in and out of the activist community, they were always part of it, you know, very much so, and so I was going to have and it wasn't a lefty magazine, it was art, but of course it would have had a left-wing bent because that's who I am, but I would have had conservative, responsible people in there and did a little bit uh, when I had it. But that was, I think that's one big thing that's missing, okay? And it ties into a few other things, I think, such as whether it's religious groups per se or not, one thing that I think is missing on the left is a lack of spirituality. And I've mentioned this before, you may have heard me say, Dylan, when, he, when Bob Dylan went through his uh, Born Again phase, I assume he still is. You know, so he sang about what he was going through, which was finding Jesus, right? And he did uh, "Saved" and uh, "Slow Train Coming." One of the songs he did was "You Got to Serve Somebody," and one of the lines is, "It could be the devil, it could be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody." And he wasn't he wasn't saying, "Hey, if it's not Jesus, you know, go ahead and worship the devil." What he meant was, you have to believe in something bigger than yourselves. And even rock and roll. Most of those guys were at least like deists. Some were back in the back of their mind were, you know, uh, believing God. But you look at Occupy Wall Street, and you look at okay. For instance, I took a course with uh, one of the Berrigan brothers, whose brother was a Jesuit priest who were very active. They could have seats in Congress, and so the Catholic Church on the left was still very active. And Martin Luther King, Reverend King, okay, Malcolm X, very involved with Muslims. I mean, they wound up killing each other. <laughs> so I'm not saying they all got along and sang Kumbaya all the time, but. So that connection of, and I'll just throw in, you know, one other thing, right, without talking too fast and saying too many things, because, but I think they all tie together. So there's a lack of, whether it's religion or spirituality on the left, and in some cases, just the sheer institution of the black, uh, 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 you know, political movements, you know, liberation theology and all that. Um, And. One thing that happened after the leaders got killed was something that people don't think about that. I think even though it's a minor detail, it's a big deal. Community, it's CB, remember CBGB is the bar. Well, this is CDGB, it's community development block grants. And when they didn't earmark things and connect it to, it's going to be for education, it's going to be shelter, it's going to be for food programs or whatever it is, you had to be accountable. And they said, no, we're going to just give it with a blank check to the local communities." Let them spend it how they want, and that's been the gimmick ever since. They're still doing it, where instead of having things, you know, being being uh, you know, audited, per se, or whatever, you know, you have to be accessible, you know, accountable. No, we're just going to give you the money and let you go free, and that created a whole bunch of corruption and grip, which exists to this day, which is why they don't want anything to do with Sanders. I hate to say it in the CBC and all that, because they like the fact that with Clinton and with uh, the other Clinton, Clinton number two, and with uh, Biden, that's where the grip is. The money comes through the Democratic Party. And I experienced that on the local level, where the local movers and shakers, they were, you know, getting these big, you know, uh, you know, on the six o'clock news with Al Sharpton flying in. And I wasn't competing with them. Sometimes I was working with uh, different things with a guy like Walt Dixie and stuff. But that's what it was. It was Just a big grip. And uh, very, very, very little money actually went to help poor people, no matter how many grants went to the city. So that's another thing that happened, you know.
1: yeah um i
0: hear you i think that you know there's a i need to say it but there's a lot of money to be made in activism now which shouldn't have have never been the case and so some people have found ways to make it profitable
3: yeah. instead of
0: focusing on fighting for like what's important and that's that's
1: unfortunate
5: Yeah. I wonder if, uh, could you know, you got other callers. I wonder if I could throw in another, like two quick points. Go ahead. One is, Abbie Hoffman, people forget about Abbie Hoffman. And you talk about electoral politics. He started a political party. The Yippies, the Youth International Party, they didn't run for anything. It was a joke. You know, it was like making a joke of collective politics, electoral politics. Um, and, he he taught. He was a very he, he. was on the ten most wanted list. He had plastic surgery. I, I had friends who knew him because he was up in New York State, up at the St. Lawrence River. And I had friends who used to have camps up there, so I knew people who knew him. And he got plastic surgery and went back and appeared before Congress to uh, on save the river, an environmental group he was uh, helping with up at the St. Lawrence. After having plastic surgery, and he appeared before Congress as Barry Freed, and it was Abby Hoffman who was still on the ten most wanted list. People don't remember that. A pretty interesting story. But one thing he always talked about was tribes. And I've mentioned this to you before, probably on your show. But he said, Look, I'm, a, I'm an upper middle class Jewish kid from Brand, you know, outside of Boston, that went to Brandeis University. I am never going to have the life experience of the black Panthers and the inner city folks, which he did. He helped start a lot of the free stores, whether in Berkeley or in other places. So he, you know, he wasn't just—he wasn't saying, "Oh, I'm just going to be a, a college guy." No, he went into the inner city. But even then, he said, "I can never have that experience that they have. We're not going to ever totally understand each other and everything." This is kind of the Fred Hampton uh, concept too. We're tribes. We, and this is what's wrong now too. I think oh, no, no, you can't be tribal. We have to be all one, all the same in, in too many ways. It's like, no, no. You know, we're just going to be tribe. We're just going to be different. We're just going to have our own places that we go to, to feel comfortable with our friends at the end of the day. you know But we can connect on some things. And I think that the idea is we have to all decide which ism it's going to be. That's why I'm an anti-ismist. No, because now if you say MAGA, but you're a good-hearted populist, you're going to be Pigeonhole, and if you say you're a socialist but you really want to work with populists on the it doesn't matter you're going to have so many you know adjectives attributed to you and again back to what you were saying savvy it didn't used to be like that people were just people do your own thing people didn't identify as a socialist or a democrat or at this they might <laughs> they just were uh, you were just you it's just crazy how things are just so bifurcated and trifurcated and quadricated and it's like it's all split up one last thing And this is sad but the occupy wall street people i don't know if you see this in your chats but people that that are really freaked out about religious people not just not just Christo, you know fascist types you know scotus and all that i mean just people that like they're coming from a religious point of view and it's like they put their fingers together like they're looking at a vampire and this this idea that somehow if you're religious at all regardless of whether you're right-wing you know but anybody who's religious Occupy Wall Street had a big problem with that no no no're we're, we're not we're anti religious people i'm i'm anti organized religion but i don't care if you're an atheist or an evangelical i 've been treated fine by evangelicals and been treated horribly by liberals and so that's i think another problem is that we just we just think we all have to agree on so many things that we can 't just agree to disagree on some things and work together on the things that we can and i don't know it's a combination of all those things i think
0: thanks so much for that um Lance, yeah, I mean, what other people do spiritually really
5: is
0: not is it's none of my concern. Like, that's how I felt about it. But um, you can't always expect uh, what you do uh, to be the popular uh, set of opinions. So that's just something just to keep in mind. Um, and that's something that my, I don't know, my, my parents always told me. <laughs> it's like, not everybody's going to be on board with what you do, you know so uh but thank you so much for calling in lance i'm gonna go to uh ashira who thank is you. next thank you lance ashira you're on the mic
6: hey ha- hey zabi how are you
0: hello how you doing
6: Um, doing great didn't know if i was gonna make it to the the call in tonight um i got like two things basically i need to talk before i go on the topic the first one i saw the video of nick going on uh Rising, i mean robbie he could not pull that uh, suave shit anymore like that smug thing he met the wrong person to do that like nick just pounced on him immediately when he tried to pull that uh, i'm a libertarian shit i'm like mm, i mean you libertarians basically mostly vote republican regardless so you can say whatever fuck you want about uh free speech i mean Pasta, I like pasta, but I'm surprised he said he was a libertarian. But I know he's probably not on the same—he's uh, not on the same boat as most of these right-wing libertarians. He's probably a left-wing one. Um, I'd rather consider him a leftist than call himself a, a leftist. Uh, no, a libertarian leftist. Uh, I found it funny that throughout the entire thing, Robbie just couldn't let it go because Nick was just punching him over and over and over again, and he kept coming back for more. And it reminded me of the I don't know if you uh watched a new uh spin-off of uh Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. No,
0: I've I've never seen it. I've never seen anything Game of, of Throny related.
6: Okay, okay. So um, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna give you a little spoiler here. There's a point when I think it's episode three or four, and the princess, the king is trying to get her to get married. And there's a bunch of suitors, mostly mostly a bunch of old men, but there's, like, a 14-year-old that shows up. And the 14-year-old is trying to get her to get her hand in marriage. But there's a guy on the side that's, like, talking shit, but he's much older than him. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, like, Rob, Robbie, and that kid is probably, like, Nick. And as he, as she, like, the princess is getting bored and she walks away, you, see, you hear a sword fight. And you think that somebody, then you hear somebody get stabbed, and you think that's, like the guy who's much older the adult guy, but no, it's the 14-year-old that fucking kills him. (laughs) And I'm like, that's like Nick basically doing that to Robbie there because he thought Nick was just like, (laughs) he thought Nick was nothing like a a small fry and Nick just bodied him over and over again. (laughs) That's the meme for me when I see it. Like, It's that meme right there. Uh, The second thing I want to talk about, it's uh, the whole MAGA communism thing. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with Jackson with this MAGA thing? Like, he should know by now that basically MAGA communism is not a thing. Like, I, I see TYT talking about it. I see uh, uh, Sam Cedar, but well, well, if TYT's talking about it, so eventually Sam Cedar's gonna grab it. I mean, <laughs> he does suck on that TYT, whatever. Um, You have him, like, basically telling the video as, like, he, he doesn't even call Jackson by name. He just called them some random shit, <laughs> and he puts maga communism in there. And I'm like, mm, Jackson, what are you doing talking about maga communism? Like the Republicans don't even know what basically socialism is. They don't even know what communism is. I don't know. I'm not a big knowledge on socialism and communism, but I I rather basically talk about the issues than th- than try to label people socialism, communism, that kind of stuff, because that will turn them up, turn them off quick, because for them communism is socialism and socialism is communism
1: yeah i
0: think um well maga communism was trending so that's that's probably why tyt talked about it because it it was trending you know uh, look i'm i'm not down with maga communism jackson hinkle knows that um i agree with him on some issues and there are some issues i don't agree with him on um, but like I said before, if anything, they're going to want you to move to the right. They're not going to yeah. want to move to the to the left. And I've, I've had these experiences, so I know. Um, and I think that in reference to, you know, like Nick's uh, appearance on Rising. Yeah, Nick killed it. If you guys haven't seen that episode, definitely watch it. It's the episode where they talk about uh, Venezuela and the migrants. It came out today. Uh, Nick killed it. And I knew it because I obviously I know Nick and I was like, watch Nick's going to go in really calm at first, but as soon as he starts to get attitude, Nick's going to go off. (laughs) And that's what happened. Robbie made the mistake of laughing at Nick. And I was like, Oh, that's it. That's game. That's game. That's game game, set match. So yeah, he, he like, he killed it. Like he did a phenomenal job and, you know, shout out to, shout out to Brianna Joy Gray, because, you know, she, she's the reason why like nick was on she's the reason why i was on like she really pushed for that so i think that now more people are getting to hear like our message so i really do uh appreciate that so it's uh, and-, and we were on we we were on bad faith this week too that episode will come out next week so it was me nick and cj
6: so that should be a pretty good episode as well I don't, I don't think the guys are coming back anymore. After Nick body him, I don't think he's gonna, he's probably gonna have a say. We can't have Nick back. If he knows about, uh, Cotton J, he can't have, he can't have him on the show because he's probably gonna get bodied again. <laughs> and so I think you're the only one that they'll probably take in because you're the soft spoken one. So the, the, you're the one that looks PMC to them. So you're the only one they'll probably take. They can't take the others. Um, as for the Sean King thing, I'm like, yo, w- when are people gonna, basically look at sean king for what he is he's a grifter like sean king will pretend that he's black and he's he's, he's all white like i i look at his family tree i don't think that he's got one white person maybe if he one black person in his family if he does he must have escaped me but i'm pretty sure that family is all white so where is he getting that blackness from like i mean did him and uh, rachel dole's hook up or something
0: well i'm confused sure because some people have said that sean king is actually a white
6: guy yeah, that's what I've been saying. Like his own family is white, so I I don't know why he's saying like he's black. He's light skinned. You know, they say he's light skinned. He's biracial, but his family is white. Most of his family is white. His brothers and sisters. I'm like, where is he getting this thing? Like, and six million dollars. I mean, how is he not in prison yet? How is this guy not in prison? And I wonder, yes. like, if any, if anyone's gonna anybody's gonna mention TyT. Cause I'm pretty sure he must have basically looked at the TYT book, you know, the seven, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I guess he probably looked at uh, Jan uh bio, how he did it, and basically ripped people off.
1: Let me tell you something. I consider
0: that to be like white collar crime. Like I feel like you embezzled money.
1: Oh, well, that's what he did.
0: But people still give money to him, Ashura. People will still give money to him. Like I'm like, why? Why are you posting that? You need people to donate money, or you're gonna have to shut down your podcast, guys. I have a podcast on Spotify. Like so, my interviews that I do on YouTube, Eric um, takes those and and he converts it to an audio file, an MP3, and we post them up on Spotify as audio for people who just want to listen to the audio when they're on their way, like going to work or something like that. It's free. So what is he, what do you need the money for?
6: So he's on a website that's free and says they're going to shut down his show. Like, is he on Patreon or some shit?
0: I don't know what he's on. I know he's made a lot of money. I know he has like a million dollar house. The fuck? Where's, where's the money going? Like what? It just, it's been years. What have well, you
6: done? Well, well, you were talking about how um Sean King has like a, he has like this fucking spider web of people that works for Democrats, and he's, like, paying them, like, a mayor, like, some other shit money gotten. I'm pretty sure that money was spread a bunch, amongst a bunch of people you talked about tonight, hence why he has never, he's never been arrested, and you're probably not gonna, I mean, I, I, I wish they basically arrested him, because I don't, I don't know if they're gonna do it, like, what's it gonna take, like, wh- why isn't Sean King, like, a red flag for the, for the black community in every fucking state?
0: I don't know, but I know some people made the comparison to him and Rachel Dozal, but Rachel wasn't getting millions of dollars from people.
6: Yeah, Rachel was just pretending to be black and she was buying her braids. She wasn't stealing $6 million. <laughs> I'm
0: like, how did you, what did you do with all that money? You didn't start anything off the ground. Where's all that money? The IRS says they have no filing from you. What? Oh.
6: Uh, he must have that money saved up in some account in another country.
0: (laughs) And this is what I was telling people too about the IRS. They're not going after people like that. They're going after people like us. They're not going after the millionaires and the billionaires. They're going after people like us. Anybody makes $600. Really?
6: Oh, who (laughs) who has talked to Sean King ever since what the TYT days? Like, doesn't those people who talk to Sean King know who Sean King is? Or it's because they knew who he is, but if they if they strategically use him, they might get a piece of the money.
0: I'm telling you, I don't I don't think I don't think it's mainly it's it's primarily black people giving him money. I don't think that's where he's getting the money from. I think most of the money that he's getting is coming from white people. Because most Which of us one? in the black community, we've been trying to tell people about Sean King for years.
6: Like, rich white people or just poor ones? Because I'm pretty sure the rich ones would probably get into it, like, I don't know, like, what was it, like, uh, J.B. Diamond? I don't know. (laughs) J.B. Diamond would be giving them money.
0: I think it's people who have money. I think it's people, they they don't have to necessarily be millionaires, but I don't think it's people that are, like, working at, like, McDonald's. You
1: know what I'm saying? Oh, did you ever did that
6: story about uh, the McDonald's worker that was leaving? And they he did like twenty five years, and they gave him like a goddamn pen. They gave him a pen, like two voucher tickets, was, two voucher meal tickets. It was
0: Burger King, yeah. I talked about that. I covered that
6: story. That was uh, bullshit. Oh, uh, uh, that, that was disgusting. I mean, really, like they don't they don't even think so highly of the guy. Voucher tickets, two voucher meal tickets, pens. You can buy that shit like in the dollar store, like. Who fucking needs basically pens from your boss as you're leaving after twenty five years i mean at least at least if they if they really wanted to basically say they they, they like this dude for working for twenty five years he he did he didn't, he never missed a day put put money in his account like give him fifty thousand dollar check twenty five minimum 15, 15 k
0: and you know what was the sad part about that? He actually didn't have a problem with what he received. it was the viewers it was an audience outcry that brought attention to his story he actually was fine with what he got he wasn't complaining about it what does that tell you about the system that we have in this country you can work for a country for over 20 something years and they just give you a pen and a movie ticket and and candy shit that's gonna rot your teeth come on
6: i mean i would have looked at it weird i'm not like okay bitch bye okay i'm not coming back so why you why you disrespect me like this i would have been okay with it i would not but i'm glad he's basically doing something i don't know what he's doing but at least they they basically did pitch in for him i think that's what it should be now like if you want to help people just pitch in because i don't think depending on these millionaires or for these fucking companies i don't think even pressuring them will work maybe you just boycott their shit
0: but at the end of the day you see where the money came from the money came from the people came from the viewers the money didn't come from the company and that again that goes back to mutual aid. At the end of the day, the money is going to come from the people in your community, not from the company. Uh,
6: did you do any uh any work Would you look into anything about the world, what's going on in Ukraine right now? I I saw that like Kolinsky had a video saying that the people they want to go basically in Russia like certain certain portions of Ukraine. They want to go. They want to go live in Russia, basically be part of Russia, but be independent. And Kachalensky tried to basically muddle the waters. I'm like, if these people want to want to do it voluntarily because they don't want Azov coming in their their territory, it's like what happened with Crimea. Crimea basically wasn't forced into Russia. They basically did it on their own because the Azov people were coming in. So I don't know what the hell's wrong.
1: I
0: haven't watched secular talk in like two years. Um, I think Kyle Kalinske sold out a long time ago and me, honestly, like, I can't really talk about it. Like I used to anymore because I did get a notification on YouTube when I did actually it was no, it was on Google, Google ads, um, AdSense. I got notification that they will be censoring content that is, uh, UK- uh Ukraine coverage. Also, they're going to be censoring content that doesn't cover the queen's death in a way that they see fit so I haven't um, that's why I haven't really been covering it I'll talk about the money that's been donated and why I think that's bullshit but in, in reference to the actual war I haven't been covering it because YouTube has that notification on YouTube Studio now that they will be censoring that content
6: uh, is there a way you get a pass if you get a certain sub count like if you have a Jimmy Dore sub count yes. do they leave you alone yes People
0: that so, have the larger channels, like, I mean, Jamie has over a million subs, you know, so, what's, so what's he, the bare he can,
1: channel?
0: I mean, people like me, we would get shut down.
1: Like, like well, I, well, I
0: still don't have enough. Like it's people that have like hundreds and thousands of subscribers. They can get away with talking about it. But those okay. of us that have like 20 something thousand subs, even though it's a lot more than I had, like last year, we're still prime targets.
6: Okay so she you need at least 100k to be left alone okay
0: Right like, people that, that make a lot of money for YouTube like
6: Yeah cuz when when she died I basically basically said uh in the in the chat like ding dong the wicked <laughs> wicked witch of the west is dead <laughs> Cuz I didn't care like I there, there were some people who actually cried for her I, I saw videos of black africans crying for cuz she's dead I'm like what the fuck brainwashed brainwashed i'm like why are you crying for uh, uh,
0: uh someone who colonized your country you don't even have like or excuse me a family that colonized your country like you don't even have your original culture anymore because they colonized your country they came in and they took over the culture that you had and gave you a different type of culture so why would not you cry for these people what did they do and i've said this before like what does the queen do what does the king do they're just figureheads they don't actually well, do anything. They have no political power. That's what the well, prime it,
6: minister is for. It's it's like I saw an old video of uh Kate and uh Kate and what like William is that her husband or is it Harry? Like they they were basically in an African country and they were being hoisted up. Like it's yep. 19 fuck like it's 1940 and you're going on a hunt for elephants. Yeah. And you're like I'm like what the fuck is this? And I competed like a bunch of people. Like I'm thinking, it's like a bunch of British pro pro royalty. They all ganged up on me. I'm like, oh my god, it, 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 that, that that's not racism, man. That that that's basically that 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 is a that, that's how the culture is down there, man. They they have to horse you up. I'm like, really? I didn't see them horse up black people. I saw white people being horseed up. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, what the-
0: because that's that's what's been that's what they've been taught to do. Yeah, that's a for the
6: culture. I'm like, really? It was part of the culture? And then they there was one other black country that basically thought that um the prince William was it was it the Queen's husband? I think it's the Queen's husband. They think he was God. They literally thought he was God. The moment God died, they cried. I'm like, if he's God, why is he dead?
0: <laughs> no, you're you're talking about um not William. Her husband, um why can't I remember his name? I know I don't like Charles. him. Is no, Charles? Charles. Charles was her son. the The queen's husband. He died. Let me see, look, look at his name. Hold on.
6: Um. Yeah, because there was some king that died, and basically some Africans were like crying, "Oh my God, their God died!" And people were making people were like making excuses. No, 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 no. These people don't think he's God. They they actually think he was Prince a person. No, no. Yeah, Prince, Prince Philip.
0: Philip. Yeah, Prince Philip. He's he's also racist as fuck. Excuse the language, sorry you guys. Prince uh, Philip has care. made he's made several like racist comments.
6: Do you think uh since uh the Queen's dead now, do you think Andrew's gonna get a fucking pass on everything? Like do you think
1: Probably, Andrew's
0: that's Charles that's Charles' brother? He already been getting a pass.
6: Well, yeah, but uh, I feel like maybe maybe would it be less or less or is it gonna be more? Because mom's gone, like I'm pretty sure mom would have been protected over her son. But is the brother gonna be the same? Like, is he gonna just, you know, be protective of his brother? Because I heard that the, I heard the media over there, or the ones they they have control over the family. It's not the family that has control over the media.
1: Yeah,
0: look, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, that family has a scary history and if you know the history of the british family you'll understand
1: that they've been getting away with things for a long time i don't expect anything to happen to prince andrew okay mhm but thanks so much for calling in ashura yeah. um i'm going to okay. get to the other callers as well
0: okay um Saul, you already spoke. I'm going to bring in Chris, um, and then I'll, I'll come back to you, too. So, Chris, you are on the mic. You just have to unmute.
12: Hey,
5: Savvy.
0: Hey, how are you?
12: Hey, I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm great.
12: Um, I don't even really have anything to talk about, really, except to uh, praise you, honestly. Um, I, I especially... I've been a fan of RBN for a long time as a subscriber, um, but... Like your recent um, on the hill uh it was just like awesome and perfect, and um anyway, I was just really calling to fluff you up,
0: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. that's really sweet, yeah, um, going on the hill was like it was it was interesting because you don't when you go into other people's shows, like you don't know what platform, what streaming platform they use. So all of us, like we use different platforms. I use like StreamYard and they were using like Skype. Um, but it's it's very different. Like it was it was interesting because it's a different setup. Um, you could hear like the producers in the background. Um, and yeah, it, it was just, it was different, but it was a great experience. I think it, it taught me how to, get my ideas out very pretty quickly because I knew how long the segment was going to be. So I, I knew what the topic was. So I was like, okay, I, I want to hit on these points and I need to do it within eight minutes. And then you have to also realize that, you know, they're going to chime in and say things to the other commentators. So um it definitely teach you how to get your points across pretty quickly, which is different for those of us that do live streams because we can kind of take our time a little bit if we right. can. Yeah. But um, with those kind of segments, I just had to remind myself of how it used to be back in the day when I used to just do, I used to just record and upload like these 14 minute or 12 minute clips. So I I had to remind myself of that.
12: I felt you were a very concise communicator um, and it, I mean, you seem like a very natural, like a super pro about it. And I was, it was, it was great to I mean, you're very natural in like your live streams, obviously, and I love them. Um, but also being able to make content in that um, limiting space uh, is a different type of talent and you have it. So I I just wanted to praise you for it.
0: Thanks so much. Yeah. I, it was funny. Cause when I went on in there, I didn't know if Robbie was going to be on there too. I thought it was just be like me and Brie. And then when yeah, I got on there and I saw Robbie was on there too, I was like, Oh fuck.
12: <laughs> well, I feel like they make a great little pair these days. And um <laughs> They, they balance each other well, and I feel like they're—I um, don't know—I I feel like they're bridging a certain audience together in a right. pretty special way, and that's something I feel like RBN does and you do as well. Um, and I just—I'm—I'm—I'm um, really—I'm really happy with uh, all the content you make. So I was just calling to fluff you up. <laughs>
0: oh thank you so much Chris yeah guys I think that um I don't know I look back on it and I think the hill I think has changed a lot since Ryan Grimm has left um and you know no shade to Ryan Grimm but I don't think that was the best
9: platform for him
12: no I think the hill has changed for the better without Ryan Grimm and I mean I don't okay (sighs) i, I don 't particularly care for breaking points these days, so like it was it was kind of funny to see it's just strange the <laughs> it's strange the way certain content creators have gone in a supposedly um independent uh platform, and they're creating this new network and everything and Now the people that I actually like actually really politically believe very similarly to and um, they're actually creating content on <laughs> the corporate hill, and it's just it's it's kind of strange the the way the personalities have landed in this particular moment, um, and I don't know. I
0: yeah, I like- and it's different, you know. I think, and and also like looking back on it, and I, and I do have to say like. I think Kim I think Kim Iverson was a great addition to the Hill and I, I think, think it's unfortunate. Too, yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate she's not on there anymore and like we yeah. don't we don't agree on everything but I still think like she was a powerful voice like on the Hill so Me too I and think- she also
12: brought a particular like the the thing that I feel like the the, the thing that I feel like the Hill rising is doing right now and I don't know who is giving, who is allowing this to happen. Like, is it the producers just happened? Or is The Hill just seeing it as actually a lucrative thing right now? Like, why is this absolutely happening on a corporate um, platform? But I feel like the thing that's actually happening right now on this The Hill Rising is and has been even through the beginning with Ryan Graham and everything, has been a certain bridging of a cross section of even though many many of the audience is probably pretty um highly educated and probably has PMC type jobs, but there's a lot of working class um bridge building, even if it's um superficial between you know libertarian people who are very strongly libertarian and uh people who at least used to call themselves progressives and now probably feel like that word doesn't necessarily apply to them anymore because it's been kind of tainted, but like working class people, um, on left and right are hearing. It's, it's a place that they can agree and see people who disagree for sure, but agree on certain things. And it makes, I feel like it's perhaps building I uh, I don't know how to describe it. like it's building a connection between two people who two different types of people who might end up one day voting for the same candidates
0: yeah it's it's really interesting and I will also say you know um, I was surprised when they reached out to people like me and Nick and invited us on because the hill is corporate media and we're not we're not corporate media friendly. <laughs> I mean, the things that we talk about—you um, don't usually see people come on and talk about on corporate media. So I was—I was really right.
12: surprised. I—I I mean, they—it may be just because they see it as some way to get clicks, you know. And okay, fine. <laughs> get let RBN get on this platform and talk to these people who are probably going to latch on to something that you say. And I mean, most of the audience is probably pretty conservative, but I feel like there's bridges to be built. Um, because I mean, I, I just don't think there's any way to vote for Democrats or Republicans anymore. I just, I can't,
3: I've
12: never, I, I've only voted for like, I've always been voting for Democrats generally. Um, Anyway, I live in Alabama. I'm a middle school teacher. Like, I'm um, in a strange community. Um, It's it's a great community. I love it. Um, But, you know, I feel like working class people across. I feel like especially having you on and um, what's his name? Nick. I haven't seen the segment yet, but I'm, I'm just glad that The Hill had RBN people on recently. And it's great. It's, it's it's a great crossover. Maybe there may be nefarious reasons for them having done it, but I'm I'm glad they did.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah, um thanks so much for calling in, Chris. I'm going to go to the next caller.
12: Thanks, Abby. Love your content.
0: Keep it up. And uh so we're going to go ahead and and bring in uh Saul here, but yeah, I will say uh, again for people who are not aware, like Brianna Joy Gray did say on RBN that you know, she did push for that to to get us to come on. So, I think that was really like great of her to do because, you know, we're we're we've been kind of shadow banned uh, for a while. I mean, like you don't see us on Breaking Points, you don't see us on Crystal Kyle and Friends. Like, we've been kind of you, you will never see us on Majority Report or T Y T. So, like, yeah, we've been kind of shadow banned in the space. Uh, Saul, go ahead. Hi, Love. Can you hear me?
11: Yeah, I can hear you. Savvy. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to latch on to something that la- uh, I think it was Lance and Ashura. I mean, they hit they had they hit, they hit a lot of good points, and um, <clears throat> to the perspective of their spirituality and the religion and people. I mean, that makes a lot of basis in the per- the way the person like behaves and reacts to their you know to what they see around them. So, what I was thinking is like how how can we coalesce i mean how can we get together because i'm a taino i'm dominican but and i had to learn that i had to, i was taino arawak i had to like really search for it because i knew i was not spanish because when i spoke to the people from spain they were like oh god you're not even you're not spanish you're you're half breed whatever so it's it's really hard to coalesce around a movement when things get clouded in labels and in personalities, it's hard to, to find your, 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 your voice in, in that space. What do you think?
0: I agree. Um, sorry, there was a loud car that went by. Um, I agree. I think that You know, people have these labels so that people can understand like how they identify, right? Or how they, what their political views are. That's why a lot of people have these labels. But sometimes labels can turn people off. So people may not even be willing to hear what you have to say if you present them with your label first and then your political views after that. You may not even get to talking to people about Medicare Medicare for all if you start with your label. Or if right. you start with who you're a supporter of. And I've, I've experienced that myself. And that's why one of the things I have learned is that talk to people about the issues. Don't go in with the labels. Talk to people how they feel about healthcare, how they feel about workers' rights. Start with that. And that's where you'll find like common ground.
11: Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I'm trying to find because I never really got into political because I'm not even from this country. And whatever was already installed, it's hard for me to like, even understand or navigate because every day the landscape is changing i mean we have voices like you which i love and and rbn and jimmy Dore to an extent but now he's with jackson hinkle and that's making me feel weird but and it's just like Brianna joy gray and all these other people beautiful people that have profound impacts on the way we shaping we are shaping this landscape that we call you know, public speech, because right now public speech is under attack. Like we can't go anywhere that we can't say it. We can't say what we feel in and how much we're hurt because the public landscape is telling us not to like social media, anywhere you go. It's even with our neighbors, like you can't even go to your, Hey, I'm not even sure that I'm a communist, but I don't like what's going on with, with the political system that we have right now. So I keep looking at Che and all these other people, fundamental people that have shown that there is a better path that there is an inclusiveness in that path and in the duopoly like we i like to call it i I know that you like to call it the same but i feel like this duopoly is just killing everyone not just the black brown just everyone it's just it's just putting us under a boot and that boot it is not relenting it just it's getting stronger it keeps getting stronger and these voices that are rising up right now, like you and RBN and Nick, oh, I love Nick, by the way, he's awesome. And Eric, shout out to you. You're the man behind the board. Love you. But I, I'm keeping, I'm, I'm trying to keep sane because I'm, I'm a revolutionary. I want shit to burn down, but I don't want to burn down my people along with me. You know what I mean?
0: Totally understand. No, I totally hear you. I think that, um, I don't think anybody wants to, anybody wants it to, to get to that point per se. I think that people are just very frustrated and. No, people are dying, man. Exactly. And, and politically it's not, it hasn't been helping us. Like politically, how has politics solved the poverty issue that we have in this country? It has not, it not. How has politics f- solved the homelessness crisis that we have in it this country? Not. It hasn't. In fact, homelessness has the homeless rate in this country
11: has increased. It hasn't decreased. But that's by design because capitalism is taking away from the poor to give to the rich. That's right.
0: That's right. And, you know, Nick made a good point on Rising today about the fact that
3: Nick no country
0: <laughs> no country, has sanctions on us, on the U.S. government.
11: No, they
3: don't. So
0: what is to blame for our failing economy, our failing system that we have in this country where we have a high poverty rate where you can go to other countries where their poverty rate is nowhere near as high as ours? What is to blame for the homelessness population that we have in this country where you can go to other countries and their homeless population is nowhere near as ours? So if we are one of like the wealthiest country in the world. What else is the reason? And it, it's capitalism. People have been exploited in this country for a long time, and nobody has put checks and balances on
11: capitalism. And, and honestly, gonna, they're not going excuse to. Excuse me, Sabi, but who's going to do it? They, they have all the keys. They have all the doors. I mean, how are we going to do it? I mean, if we kick in the door, there's going to be a cop with a boot ready to kick us off that door. So, I mean, uh, we have to get, like I said, coalesce galvanized like we have to shed our labels have to shed all the bullshit get off the the little smoke screens that they they keep putting on these huge shows that cost millions of dollars while people are starving in michigan in chicago everywhere in puerto rico now puerto rico's been suffering but like now oh my god it's in the news oh aoc is there oh shed a tear emmy award there they go obama kills millions of freaking people Nobody goes after that dude. He comes on the screen. Oh, my God, Obama was the greatest. Obama was the greatest. You know, I mean, we have to shed these labels and we have to get off the smoke screens that they put on us because this world, I mean, not even just if you look at the, the micro, not even the macro, I mean, the macro, not the, the micro. If you look at that, the whole world is in flames and they're they're crying for revolution because the boot is getting deeper into their throat. So all these, yeah, all these voices that I love to hear, they give me some solace. They give me some peace because I say, okay, at least I'm not alone. At least I don't feel like I'm losing my shit because I'm, I don't, I'm just a little guy. I have a little business that I barely make, I barely make bread, basically. Like when I, when I heard JB's story, I was like, oh my God, I hit home. Because that, that, that man right there, he, he is a voice that needs to be heard. He's, he's in every spectrum of our society. So to feel, to feel like this voice can't be heard because of some millionaire somewhere or AOC or Mr. Bush or Mr. Biden or somebody, or Obama, all these fake, fake people that they know how much we're suffering. So that's what I'm saying. We can't fall for the freaking duopoly because the duopoly only serves one master, corporations.
0: You're right. You're right. That's a good point. Well, Saul, thank you so much for calling in. I'm gonna go to Sinway. Sinway, you're gonna be the last caller. And because then I gotta head out. It's after midnight. I gotta get going. Um so go ahead. All right.
13: Um, hey Sabby. So going back to the very original topic. I'm not too familiar with Sean King, but I'm gonna guess this guy has some kind of charisma, since I hear callers saying that he has, like, some televangelist of some kind? Like, televangelist experience?
0: Well, like, his skills. Like, the way that he convinces people to give him money.
13: Jeez, yeah. yeah, um... Also, uh, apparently, I like to add on the fact uh, about this the nonprofit complex or industrial complex. well, basically, it's like th- there's a whole bunch of nonprofits just throughout this country, and while I can respect some for what they do in helping communities, heck i've volu- I was a volunteer worker. As, as, a as a non-profit, they can only go so far. If you're asking them to make any system, helping them to systemic change, eh, forget it. Like, especially, just especially the political non-profits, just no. No. It, it can only go so far, because they are very dependent on, um, they're very dependent on, like, their, their donors, the people that pay them, and so they have to be careful on how they approach things. So, but then again, I'm sure this guy, along with others, have used these non-profits just to make themselves rich. I'll admit. So, I,
0: I, have. am. Yeah. yeah, non-profits aren't what they used to be. Um, They've just they found other ways to make money, but they still have the nonprofit name. I know, and you know, people get confused and people think, "Oh, yay, this is uh, a good organization that I'm supporting." And then you come to find out that, like, here's something I'll tell you guys. Uh, I remember I was applying for jobs at nonprofits because, again, I thought working for a nonprofit would be like I would be doing a good thing for the the community. I know.
13: And you know uh, what I found true.
0: out? A lot of these nonprofits are backed by like millionaires, billionaires, like. The military industrial complex. Yep. You'd be surprised. Like you have to do a little bit of digging, but you'd be surprised. Like you you have to see who actually is funding them. And you have to know, like, just because it says that so-and-so is the director or the founder of the nonprofit you need to look into the founder and you need to look into where the money's coming from. And that's how you find out that a lot of them are backed by like millionaire, billionaire money. Um, so they're they're able to say they're a nonprofit. They were able to file for it, but where's the money coming from? And who's making all the money? So some of these founders of these nonprofits are making millions of dollars.
13: Exactly. Um, I also want to say it's, I, it seems like the U.S. Ha, is like, yeah, let's rely on these guys and not actually be the ones to help out. Um, and I'm not just talking about the congressional government. I'm I'm not just talking the federal. I'm also talking like um, the the state and the like the state. For example, like um, when COVID hit um, and the relief funds came out, um, I remember that when I was looking at my county. Um, apparently they had this funding and it went to like all the various nonprofits and organizations directly to the people. Which, like, um, okay, I get it, but what about helping the people directly for you know the necessities? That's right,
0: that's right. I mean, those organizations, they'll take in money taking a lot of money but then it's like is the money actually going directly to the people who need it and yeah. i learned that too when i used to like volunteer for charities i volunteer for the red cross i volunteer for habitat for humanity although habitat for humanity is a little bit different because you're actually building something that's um, good but the red cross however if you're going to mm-hmm. donate money i will tell you guys right now do not donate money to the red cross most of that money does not go to the people who need it. Most of that money goes to the people who are working for the Red Cross. You'd be surprised. Oh, seriously? Oh, wow. That's the I'm thing about charities Charities versus mutual aid. Charity, Charities are a top-down organization.
13: Mutual mm-hmm. aid
0: is a horizontal organization. And that's why uh, mutual aid is actually better than charities. So you got to be careful with those two, these philanthropies, these charities, uh, these celebrities and these politicians like Hillary Clinton, they start like, oh, I started this new charity. I started this philanthropy. They're tax write-offs. So they yeah. get like that benefit from it too. Like you really have to ask like, where is the money going? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, and by the
13: way, um, I'm trying to do, do some, try and convince my organizations to switch to mutual aid instead of like. Well, doing mutual aid alongside, I get that starting one get trying to do one off the ground is difficult because resources but it's, but the, one of the robots I'm finding is that they say, but there's already services out there there's the food banks, there's the food distributions there's all the service the county provides kind of thing you don't you don't need to like invent the wheel again kind of thing, but, but. Okay, I get what you're saying, but some of these guys aren't able to get caught aren't able to drive, some might not know about it, like either because of no internet or too tired to like look up stuff. And the point of mutual aid I wanna do is well, connect with people and have them more involved with the county, so do you think that perhaps if I I don't know, like put in a goal for what I wanna to do do to for mutual aid, do you think more people, they would be more willing? Because I want to be like, get more people to be more or active in the community kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think it helps if you can tell people what your goal is, like what your end game is. And then also like, what exactly do you want to do for people mm-hmm. in the community? What is the mutual aid for? Um, and I know people mention food banks and food, and food banks are good. Um, but I don't want people to think that mutual aid is just donating food to people. Mutual aid can be done in multiple ways. It's, it's food, it's, it's healthcare, right? Like the black Panthers had free clinics that they created. It's uh, clothing. It's, it's uh, helping someone. Well, you, I don't know where you live, but where I live, like when we go into winter, it snows a lot here. It's helping Mm. people. It's shoveling people's, Driveway, shoveling people's cars that can't physically do it. And some people can't, right? Yeah. Um, it's things like that. It's, it's offering services to people. Some people can't go pick up their prescription meds uh, because they're disabled and they have to rely on uh, some type of delivery service to get it to them. Uh, why not just have that be part of the mutual aid that you do? That's one of the things that some people do. They go pick up prescription meds for people and they drop those things off to people so they don't have yeah. to stress and worry about how they're going to get it. Some people have the money to buy groceries, but they can't get to the grocery store. So instead of them relying on Instacart, which is expensive, yeah, they can have a mutual aid service where people actually go grocery shopping for them. And that way they don't have to pay so much money to like Instacart. It's things like that. Like you'd be surprised what people need help with uh, babysitting for free. Uh, not everyone All can right. afford daycare. That's another big one, right? So I have, those are different ways you can help people.
3: Yeah.
13: So one of the ideas I have, which can definitely be help. I mentioned before that there are some people in the, my county that don't have cars. There are two services. Um, but sadly, there is a bit of restrictions. The first one is it, only for elders. And the second one is only for doctors. Or medical anything so anyone who's probably needs to get to their job or other things is like not much so i was something to myself that i wonder if like doing like a car or my own ride share kind of thing or kind of carpool to help people get around perhaps and the closest i'm also thinking mutual aid closest they do do delivery and it's and the what they deliver is like food and toiletries that were been donated
0: from one of the organizations so those are good ideas i mean ride share is really good i mean how many people contact uber and lyft nowadays right Mm -hmm. so that that's that's a really good one i think that's a good idea
3: Mm -hmm. um
0: that would be a great one to be honest with you because especially in areas where there's no public transportation
3: oh yeah
13: all right well these are some good ideas and i'll think of other things as well so thank you for your time
0: thank you so much simway good night good night all right uh roger you always come in after I say I'm I'm wrapping up, so you gotta be quick, Roger, and then I, I gotta go. It's
14: after midnight. Gotta go, it's after midnight. Oh, okay, yeah, no problem. I'll make this I'll make this quick. Um I definitely loved how oops, sorry. I definitely loved how um Nick destroyed uh Rob on um what do you call it? On on the show today. Um Brianna Joy Gray's face said, get him. (laughs) Go get him, Nick. Um, And uh, what do you call it? Um, Yeah, I just wanted to uh, push back on um, what was said earlier about cooperatives being um, capitalistic. Um, If capitalism means exploitation being
3: of the environment,
14: workers, consumers, the community, the economy, or whatever to satisfy the greed of the few. And I don't see how when workers own the means of production and the profits gets evenly distributed and everyone has equal power in where the company goes, that doesn't sound capitalistic. That sounds more socialistic. Also, the fact that since they come from the community the plant is located in, they're less likely to pollute outsource plus put workplace safety and community at risk than then push the the cost of doing business onto the government so i don't i don't see it as a i don't you know i don't see how anyone sees it as a as a capitalistic venture i see it more socialistic um No, but but uh there was something else I was gonna say, but I forgot what it was or what the case was But um oh by the way, I got you a new customer. I had a customer last night that was from Boston, so I introduced him to you. So you might have one more uh tick up in your viewership, getting you closer to a million views. <laughs>
0: oh, that's that's funny. That's interesting. Oh, uh, that's, that's funny
14: that's Roger. Interesting. Uh, Roger. It, yeah. This guy looks like look, I looked at him, I was like, this guy looks like Chris Matthews. It wasn't Chris Matthews, don't worry. But oh emoji guy.
0: I to him oh, what emoji he was... guy.
14: What happened now? That's
3: that's the what?
0: emoji guy. That's that's the emoji guy.
14: The the emoji guy?
0: Yes. Oh, that's what you call Chris Matthews? Yes. The emoji guy? He looks like an emoji. He looks like an emoji.
14: Now that now that you say that, yeah, I, I guess you're right.
0: He does. What's the emoji with the glasses? <laughs> oh, we'll I'm the... The gonna oh, we'll put, the... put it in the chat. Where's I'll the emoji the face with the glasses? Oh, now...
14: I just remembered. Um, you was talking about Glenn, Glenn Greenwald in in the Intercept. Um, he started. The, he was the one that started the Intercept. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said you didn't know that he was that he was with the intercept or something like that.
0: I didn't know that Sean King was. I
14: didn't know that Sean King was. Oh, oh that's what was said. Okay. Alright. All right,
1: okay,
14: yeah. yeah. But you know, that was yeah. it.
0: <laughs> all right, well thanks so much, Roger. Oh, I, am so much, Roger I am about to head out. I'm
14: about to know? head out. Oh I got echo. I try not to oh, I try not to come on come on last. I usually try to after everyone gets their say or whatever, I usually try to when I hear some good points or something I want to respond to of what I was what was heard before, that's what I usually do. But you know, not trying to keep you up. Thanks so
0: much. Oh, wait a minute. Eric Thanks just so told, me oh, minute. Eric Eric told me Chris Matthews or Chris Hayes.
1: Chris Matthews or Chris Hage.
0: Oh, no, I was talking about like Chris Hayes.
1: Chris Hayes. Oh, I
0: was talking
14: about Chris Hayes. oh, oh, okay. Chris Hayes
1: looks nah, like an emoji he said he, Chris Hayes
14: looks like an emoji Okay I, I guess you could say that When you were talking about labels before um, The guy was just like Oh you know like So she's a liberal I was like nah we hate liberals Uh, So you know I So he's like oh is she conservative uh, Nah we're we, we, you not know, fond, fond of them too <laughs> I, I, I was just like if you had to give him a label I'd probably say socialist or marxist but then I started explaining to him about the things that you talk about, about those uh the rainbow lines, the lane, the rainbow uh transit system. And I was like, Yeah, she doesn't like Michelle Wu either. And I was like, Oh yeah, she's terrible. And um, <laughs> you know, I, I just started you know, all the Boston stuff and Massachusetts stuff you talk about, I was like throwing at him and he was like, Oh wow, you know, I, I I even showed him a video of yours. He was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, all right. Sounds good or whatever the case is. And why is this guy coming? Hello? Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. I need to park
14: here. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, 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 No problem. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was um so I don't know. You might have one more viewer.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks, Roger. Roger recruits <laughs> oh, people while he's driving. Roger recruited
14: people while he's driving. <laughs> oh, oh, and um one more thing. I picked up at Yankee Stadium and I had a, you know, I don't, I don't mean to break this to you, but I had a couple, the girlfriend was Yankee and the boyfriend was, 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 was from Boston Red Sox and you guys lost by one in the bottom of the tenth. So I'm sorry to break that to you.
1: I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees.
14: Yeah, I know that. That's why. You know, I had to tell you.
0: Damn that A Rod and Jeter Pete! Damn that A Rod and Jeter
3: Pete!
14: <laughs> Damn Yankees!
0: <laughs> I know A Rod doesn't still play for the Yankees anymore, but still.
14: <laughs> Damn, we a- Damn, we suck this year. Damn,
1: we suck this year.
14: <laughs> I'm looking at a Massachusetts license plate in front of me. Uh, like you guys are everywhere.
0: Uh, those damn Yankee pinstripes. Those damn Yankee pinstripes.
14: <laughs> yeah, it was all over the place.
0: And the rules. You that guys know the, the Yankees baseball players can't. Um,
1: baseball players can't. Um,
0: they can't have facial hair. They can't have facial hair.
14: Uh, oh, I didn't know that. The Steinberg rule.
0: The Steinberg rule.
14: Yeah, but he's dead.
0: His rules live on. His rules live on. <laughs> okay, that's why they don't have facial hair. That's why they don't have facial hair. Okay, <laughs> I, I didn't know.
14: <laughs> Come to the Red Sox where you could have a Come beard. To the
1: Red Sox where you could have a beard.
14: I don't drink alcohol. I never have. No, I mean a beard. I was... no, I
1: mean a beard oh (laughs) i got it
14: (laughs) i just revealed too much of myself (laughs) a beard beard with your beer a beer with your beard
0: beards are fun and cozy
1: especially in the winter especially in the winter
14: okay yeah i I can't grow a beard i get frustrated and just Not only it's it's not like some people just have an afro on their face. That that's not me. It just doesn't happen for me. <laughs> I see some brothers like combing it and picking it. <laughs> I was just like, it it don't get like that with me. It's just it's there, it stops and say, alright, this is all we doing. I gotta go. It looks like Uber's calling me up because I think someone left a phone in the back seat or something. So I'll check okay. you later.
3: Okay.
0: We just heard Knight Rider, you guys. The Night Riders theme song. Alright, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. I'm, I'm in a silly mood now. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys knew that but like, yeah, the Yankees players... They can't have facial hair. That's like old, like, what is it? Stein Steinbrenner rule? Even though he died, his rule still lives on. I don't know what's up with that, but it happened. Um,
1: anywho, bye guys. Have a good night. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I'll be back tomorrow night. Bye.